and welcome back to another episode of Protein Ramblings. It's the finale of Dungeons and Dragons. Bum, bum, bum. Just when I <laughs> thought I was out, they yeah. pulled me back in. <laughs> yeah, cards on the table. Uh, this is another second time round for this episode as there was just technical difficulties with the recording from the last one. It's always great when you find that out in post. I should get into it's the okay. habit. I really I'm should. Double, get... I'm getting double pay for this recording. Yeah. <laughs> double of nothing. It's it's exactly such yeah. a bargain. <laughs> I was going to say I should start just doing a sample record before every session, but nah, nah. You live by the sword, you die by the might. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> graphic. <laughs> So, anyway, we are back with our finale of our Dungeons & Dragons watch-through review series. It's ultimately a fairly epic finale. Do you know what was uh, uh, annoying? We didn't actually watch the... (laughs) I didn't actually watch the extra five minutes, but I remember the... I remember the gist, but I'll I'll cut it over to you. So we're we're not just doing the last three aired episodes of Dungeons & Dragons. We are also going to be talking about the unaired, scripted finale episode where the team kind of beat Venger and get home question mark they have a uh, resolution of sorts I yeah i mean it's the, it's a, a definitive well not a definitive actually end of the series there were two different versions there's a version that myself and naomi watched which was the same script as the one mark watched except it's put to it's kind of audio dramatized they have one of the original cast back and it's put to panels from a Marvel comic of the same episode. The version you watched was... So was animated. It? Yeah, it was... Yeah, it, throughout. It, but it basically was the comic book animated. So everything happens in the comic book is animated in mm. one I watched. Same voice over and, and track and everything. But there's about three to five minutes at the end yep. that actually does resolve and finish the story. Yeah. Because the original script was actually supposed to be a cliffhanger leading to, into a next series which never happened obviously mm-hmm. so a fan got together and kind of closed some loops on the storyline yeah um yeah the somewhat interesting somewhat good i, th- I yeah no i mean quite well I, 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 I think it's it's actually a fairly good resolution for a lot of things and maybe not exactly what people expected as well it's definitely better than the open-ended bullshit that the original had i i was prepared yeah. to hate i was actually prepared to hate the fan thing before it happened but no it's actually quite good so yeah without further ado we will open on the cliff. cliffs in episode 28. <laughs> it's Adela's shadow. 25. Why did I say 28? <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. I, I, I looked at my... I, like I had my an note, episode I, that doesn't exist. I, I looked at my notes and saw five and for some reason saw eight. That's fine. I'm sure maybe I'm numbered. Brain is fine. This is this is funny because we we're re-recording and in the last recording, if you remember, none of us could actually speak properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you were stumbling away. So I was like, "Oh, great, we'll re-record and it'll be perfect. <laughs> it'll be, smooth, it'll be perfect. Yeah. And yeah, straight off the bat, <laughs> you can't even do numbers. You're dyspraxic today instead of dyslexic. Yes. Anyway, that's what it is. Dyspraxic. It's you're both wrong. It's dyscalculia. Dyspraxia oh, is when you have no coordination right. and you yes. keep walking into things. You're dyspraxic. I think I probably. Damn I think I'm probably it. both actually. Yeah. Thanks for proving that we're all suffering at words again. Yes. <laughs> what going back to work has done, correct us. Yeah. Okay. Citadel of Shadow. We open Episode on a mountain. 25. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not 28. 28 doesn't exist. We open on a mountain and we see a figure signaling. Actually, um, does. It's the unaired pilot thing. Please, please let finale. me finish the <laughs> We open on cliffs, damn it. We all know we open on cliffs. And we see a figure signaling with a mirror. We talked about this in the original recording. We think he was signaling to the orcs, but it never comes up again. We don't see yeah, this person so- again. 
I think it was spoke. I think it was just a sloppily drawn orc camp. Possibly, I think it was just yeah. orcs signaling back and forth because there's then, two different encampments of orcs. Yeah, what, yeah. They're basically perving on the team. They're all just kind of watching <laughs> from the bushes. Because we then, after this, we drift to a whole bunch of orcs and off screen, masturbating we can, furiously. <laughs> screen, we can hear Eric asking Sheila if she's still mad at him, and he's he's mocking her about something that happened with a ring and some goblins, and then they hear the orcs grunting and they all go on alert. The party are immediately surrounded. Hank suggests running says this is something they've never done before, which I don't think is true. No, like... A, a, and also they're surrounded. Not two episodes ago, they spent a full day cycle running from <laughs> demon camels. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they, they are surrounded. So they have nowhere to run to. So Hank fires arrows to clear them a path through the orcs and they take off. And the orcs give chase and run the party straight into the next biome, which is a lush forest. We have Eric taunting the orcs. They seem to be afraid to enter the forest. They kind of stop at the edge of the, uh, the biome border. <laughs> For no reason as well. Back. They're literally like two meters away yeah, from Yeah, they Eric. could reach like... across and poke him in the eye. Uh, there's yeah. no physical impediment here. They're definitely just scared of something. Eric thinks they're scared of him. But then we get some shots of like... These stone formations, kind of gargoyle-esque, twisted sculptures in the, in the rock around them. Yeah. Because we are now somehow back in a mountain pass. Well, no, there's one gargoyle on a rock, a rock above Eric, and yeah. the, the orc sees it and is like, no, not gargoyles. Not that I live <laughs> My in Vengeance. <laughs> like, I know what Naomi's saying, because there's this hard break between mm. mountainside and forest, yeah. and then literally within a hard, 30 seconds, it's suddenly rocky it's just, again. It's yeah, like it's there's a curtain, again. like a curtain of woodlands well, that they go through or something. They very much have <laughs> the, the wood curtain. It very much is the old video game biome syndrome where you, you you know it's minecraft basically you know as you're walking along in minecraft you're in a field and then all of a sudden it's snow and then you're on a beach yeah it's it's literally just uh, it, it Heart I wonder, changes basically the D&D realm has obviously been um, is procedurally generated by uh, <laughs> a Java algorithm I don't know I mean maybe <laughs> I wonder if they get the ch the chunks not loading issues if they yeah, run too definitely. fast that's why there's so much fog they can see through it. they can see through the floor maybe the real world is like this and we just don't know it because we live in the Netherlands maybe the real world <laughs> is like this and we just don't know it because we can't travel fast enough to load quick to, mm -hmm. to outpace the loading oh, of chunks I see. we're in the nice. we're in the matrix we're in the matrix it's the it's Metaverse, okay. Facebook Metaverse thing. Um, we then cut to an orc captain who is sending a grunt to tell Venger that the children are trapped in the <laughs> hills of either Nether or Never. Yeah, we're not sure. I don't no think idea. Established no. I well, listened I, to I, it like three or four times as well and I was you, like, nope, no, I thought tell. it was Never so, the V. It's quite funny when you say an orc is sending a grunt. I know you mean like a subordinate, <laughs> but it's also like, is he just going, because he's an orc, right? He's yeah, just writing it down. Well, in my head, I've got like, I can see an orc with a can on a string just going, Avenger, who's on yeah. the other end, being like, like what? <laughs> I'm getting pervy can on a string calls from my orcs. <laughs> We That's what his horn is. His <laughs> horn is actually like the cuff on the other end of the string. <laughs> it's one of those like, um, yeah, the like old school the yeah. Yeah. Like the hearing horn. <laughs> uh, head gramophone. Uh. <laughs> we then cut to the party. It's nighttime. We see that they're trapped. There are orcs everywhere. And they're arguing it about this ring that Dungeon Master sent them to collect that would be, quote, the first step home, which is bullshit because they have had so many fucking first steps home at this point. They could have walked home multiple times at this rate. And yeah, I mean... Saying first step home to guys that have been there for what two, three, two year, two plus three years, about two and a half years. years. Yeah, because Bobby's yeah. had a at least one birthday. Yeah. We definitely know that at the very, very least, coming up to if not surpassing two years. Definitely. So 
Yeah, saying now is your first step home. We're like, what the fuck have we been doing for the last two I feel years, like maybe it's asshole. not a physical step. Having watched the last episode, it's an <laughs> emotional step home. You have to make to the separate. first... They yeah. actually have to separate to get home. But then they separate a lot in the earlier episodes too, and it doesn't get them any further along, so... That's true. Yeah. Does it count yeah. as a first yeah. step if you've taken the first step but then took a step back? This again? is your first step today on the path home. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are a lot yeah. of qualifiers. I feel, I feel like we're, 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 struggling. we're, we're yeah. bordering on a disco song here. <laughs> yeah, can't, she can't handle the accusations. And no, just no, cries. she gets very yeah. upset about Eric's teasing. Uh, and she is just super melodramatic and she starts crying and tells everyone to leave her alone. Even though the Bloody others are kind women. of supporting her, she's yeah. like, all of you, leave me alone. And we cut to sometime later. We see the fire has gone out. Obviously, Hank has sent everyone to bed. And Sheila wakes up to hear someone crying and asking for help. And initially, she debates waking the others, but then she's like, no, fuck them. I don't need them. And she just goes off. But I do uni. need uni. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uni, you know, girls together. So they go off to investigate. Yeah. She's okay. regularly referred to as a she. <laughs> it's well established. They're, so they go off to investigate. They find That makes that Rule 34 stuff even worse, I guess. We didn't actually mention the Rule 34 stuff because that was in the last recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is well, definitely I mean, some uni Sheila yeah, yeah. action. People know. I'm <laughs> we, sure people know. We won't go into as much detail as <laughs> no. that. No, it was, it was very upsetting. Um, they go off, they find this cave, and inside we see a young girl trapped behind a sparkly magical barrier. And she tells Sheila to reach her hand through and try to pull her out. And at first nothing happens, but then they actually manage to join hands and the barrier disappears. We then cut to an orc who is updating Vendra on the situation. And Vendra is, like, pissed. He's apoplectic. Well, it's like he senses the field breaking yes because he, he swoons. swoons yeah he collapses onto his throne and he says the spell is broken well, she must be stopped. he collapses onto a chelange it's yeah. not a throne. he like <laughs> properly like faints backwards and everything <laughs> he has what can only be described as a pain gasm the vapors it, it's like, <laughs> yes oh yeah <laughs> well i don't know because he's, he's more of a like he's definitely like, grabbing, some he grabs things. his throat he grabs his yeah. throat and everything like uh, he is actually a little bit pained by mm. it yeah that's what you say pain gasm yeah. We go back to the girl, we see her hugging Sheila, and then we cut to the party who are looking for Sheila. And Bobby is blaming Eric for her disappearance. Then Dungeon Master pops in to tell them that actually Sheila is safe, for now. And then he gives them the spiel. Only when the Ring of the Heart is placed within and above the Ring of the Mind will a power be released which can send you home. And obviously the party asks for clarification, and he just answers with more riddles because he's Dungeon Master, and then he disappears. Does... I'm just remembering, does the within and above part of this fucking riddle ever get explained? No, she no. was kind of working on it at the end. Yeah, they've like got the rings where they're, hmm. they're, they're trying to place then, them and it's like... I mean, we'll get to what actually happens, yeah. but no, it's not relevant. It's just more Dungeon Master. The party set off and Eric finds some footprints for them to follow. But at this point we see there's like a, a ring of rocky spires around them and these begin to close in on them and collapse, trapping the party. We then go to Sheila and the girl who are walking along a mountain trail and Sheila's asking her where her ring of power is. My note before the, the rocks closing in, when the team head off, they head off literally chasing shadows. They always yeah. do, though. They're always very Dun much Dungeon like, this Master way we'll do. No, but they are like, literally chasing shadows because yeah. he tells them to go and search for shadow, so they like go in, off chasing in shadow. shadow lays mm. great reward or yeah. something. Yeah. So yeah. they yeah. literally go off chasing shadow, mm -hmm. which I was like, my God, <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> So the girl tells Sheila that her brother put her ring of power in the Citadel of Shadow. And Sheila then tells her about the <laughs> ring the party found. And this girl is obviously very interested. There's a lot of kind of significant sideways glances from this girl, who we find out now is called Karina. The trail crumbles a bit under Sheila and she slips and Karina helps her. And she says Sheila has to be careful because Karina needs her. And she's she's just sus. There's like Sheila yeah, obviously totally. doesn't notice it, but there's like I say, a lot of sideways 
sinister glances at the camera from Karina. And this, this, Steve this Karina. Citadel of Shadow, right? The path that she's leading her up is like a meter <laughs> yes. wide, winding, rocky yeah, path to what, like a proper witch's castle. A very yeah, type. witchy, vampire-y. There's lots of gothic spires and it's a crumbling ruin. And, and this yeah, is Castlevania, the Citadel of Shadow. Yeah. the Castlevania castle. Yeah. I, I forgot to make the same joke in both recordings of this, which is episode 25, <laughs> the Karina virus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you nice. finally remembered. It was worth it. <laughs> Karina tells Sheila this could be very dangerous, and Sheila is like, "It's cool, we're friends." And Karina is suspicious again. Uni is definitely on. Did you say suspicious? Or, or I thought you said auspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> okay, I was like, she's auspicious. She, again. I mean, she may be auspicious as well. I mean, she is auspicious later. Yeah. Yeah, so Uni is definitely on to her. You know, she's kind of yeah, definitely. watching her and me mm. in a suspicious mm. tone. <laughs> I, I, I love that when point, Sheila's like, no, no, we have to keep going with her. And Uni's like, me. And she's like, no, <laughs> we're going with her. Like. She's my best friend in the whole world. I love that when yeah. any any of us do an impression of Uni, she turns into Skeletor. The only impression I can do. <laughs> <laughs> you royal boob. <laughs> we then cut to Bobby smashing rocks. 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 The party of been trapped by these spires collapsing uh, so they're trying to break out. Presto conjures some dynamite but Eric says it won't work mm. without a detonator so Presto just tosses it behind him and of course it explodes and frees them. <laughs> Who throws Eric... dynamite about carelessly? I know. I know. Like even Eric... if you didn't it's like it's a volatile thing. You yeah. Should... Oh. Old school TNT these is kids. very very volatile indeed. Mm. Yeah. This breaks them free. They step out and Diana immediately sees the Citadel of Shadow. And quite rightly, they're like, well, that looks like a shadowy place. So they just yeah. set off towards it. <laughs> it what detective it, work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, this this castle is kind of like the castle from Castlevania mm-hmm. eats the Adams family house. Yeah. It's yeah, a bit like, definitely. I don't know if this is meant to be Karina's castle or if it's one of Venger's seasonal residences. <laughs> Summer houses. That yeah. he's just not that fond of. I don't know. We we cut back to Sheila and Karina at this point, and Karina takes mm. them inside, and she approaches this set of doors inside the Citadel, but she's thrown back by an invisible force. These doors are massive. There are a lot of massive doors in the Dungeons & Dragons world, I realized, watching this episode. Nothing is ordinary human-sized. So everything's, were there... everything's built for a rude uh, Tiamat <laughs> arrival, basically. Or, or were there giants? Yeah. Like, a lot of giants yeah. at one point. Karina explains that her brother yeah, is with I, I, I think... the door. There's like a planning permission committee and TMS on it. Like the one with visionaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, doors must be 25 to 30 feet high at all yeah. times. Karina explains her brother put a spell on the door and that Sheila will have to go and get her ring for her. Uni kind of tries to warn Sheila, but Sheila's like, no, this is my best friend in all the world. I couldn't possibly not trust her. What do you do if you're Tiamat and it rains and you want an umbrella? You've got two arms and five heads. Hey, you just bash your mm. way into the nearest residence. <laughs> Straight through the wall. You have, got a fi- you have got a fire head, so you could just shoot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just. I, I was just thinking, like, logistically, how only having two arms to serve five heads is got to be don't annoying. Mind if they're wet, I mean, but they then probably he don't. Has, like prehensile necks, so arms yeah. are sort of redundant anyway. Because mm. you can just use a mouth. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> she opens the door to reveal a very evil room. Everything is red. There's this narrow, twisty, crumbling path leading up to a very evil-looking plinth. No one does subtlety in that architecture no, in this world at all, at all no. right? No. Avenger is basically snapping yeah. up these properties and saying to his decorators, go evil. Yeah. That's the yeah. only instruction. Even, even the ring, it looks evil though as well. It right? does, It's like yeah. a red glowing ring. Yeah. Sheila goes to the plinth and gets the ring and as she's returning, the path begins to collapse underneath her. There's, I, I made a note of this because I thought it would be significant. There's a bat. Hmm. Like a, a monster bat, but it gets shot in the room and we never see it again, which personally yeah. I was disappointed by. There's a bit when Sheila's getting the ring where Karina um, 
puts Uni in a headlock yes, and muffles her Uni's as well. trying to call to Sheila and Karina, yeah, yeah, makes her... Karina's like, shut up, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... With magical rings, this is just a general question, excluding Lord of the Rings, because we know how those rings were made. Are magical rings, do they start out magic or are they imbued no. later with magic? Imbued with magic. I think they're I always would imbued, yeah. So, so they don't Definitely. start like out a, magical. Like a gemstone falls mm. in the star, stars yeah. or something and you meld it or we'll a spell. Yeah, because like I'm just wondering, because otherwise that means like all wizards are also jewelers. <laughs> I mean, they might be. <laughs> there's, there's no reason why they can't have more than one hobby. Sorry, since we actually wrap things up, I've been thinking a lot about practical applications, <laughs> a lot of the, yeah. the magical MacGuffins. Like, like, it would be a ring is a very convenient way to carry around your magic with you. Yeah. You know, something I do in Bloodwitch. There's a lot of, of enchanted rings in Bloodwitch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where do tea we bags. Yeah. Not enchanted tea bags. What, enchanted tea bags? Regular oh. tea bags. <laughs> no, but little tea bags that are like part of her. You know, you're thinking Asterix and Obelix. No, 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 no. I'm sure, I'm sure there is a point where she's like, she's making tea with herbs that are specifically, you know. Oh yeah, used. yeah. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. just just your potion, standard like herb potion magic. brewing. Mm. Right. Or Sheila gets tea. the ring. The path collapses. A bat is also there. Karina takes the ring, and at this mm -hmm. point, she just stops pretending to be good. You see her shadow become like demonic. It's vengery, basically, and she's all. I don't need you anymore. I have what I want from you. And Sheila just doesn't get it. She's like, oh, I thought we were friends. At this point, the party enter the Citadel, very shortly followed by Venger. Like, do you think Sheila's got like Asperger's or something? Because she's not very good at reading social cues at all. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. She's a lonely, confused girl who's been in this weird world for two years. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't... a parental role because her brother is there. But th that still doesn't, di that still doesn't excuse kid. not being able to read social cues, <laughs> especially when someone says, I don't need you anymore. I was using you. Maybe and she's she like, thought, but I thought we... Maybe she thought Karina was going to follow up with, but I would like to keep you around because I value our friendship. <laughs> this sounds like every high school <laughs> film and TV show <laughs> yeah. going there, right? Yeah. Party appears. Venger follows them, and at this point, Venger is re revealed to be Karina's brother. And we get a wizard battle between the two yes. of them. Lots hand of blast. finger blasting. Hand blasting, <laughs> finger blasting. <laughs> yeah. The party run. Bobby uses his club to smash them and exit from the Citadel, although the door was probably right there. Yeah, but, you know, if you, can, if, if you don't care about the building and you can break down a wall to get out and it's quicker than going to the door, then yeah, fine. Mm, it's if I had a magic club, I would use the wall to leave. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. definitely. <laughs> just every time just, you leave the house. Just job interview. Yeah. Just job interview. <laughs> <laughs> walking into the job interview, smash, walking out, smash a different hole. <laughs> the Citadel is destroyed in the wizard battle. And we see it collapse. Uh, it's not really clear how you just hear lots of in, like shit fighting inside yeah. as the team it run away and it's kind of like, like hastily put together yeah, yeah. it's right. not one of Avengers prize properties definitely. no no yeah, it's maybe, it's, maybe it's a, maybe it's something you rent out possibly but it's, it, it's, it, it's his Airbnb property it's, uh, it's done now because it just is completely destroyed we see Avenger mm -hmm. flee in shadow form and he goes into a cloud I think mm -hmm. and yeah. we see Karina crawl from the rubble and stumble toward the party who go to help her the party are just like whoa ho they go love her. Yeah, yeah, they like, oh, she, she, she turns on the innocent tap doesn't she again? absolutely like, yeah she's yeah. a bit of a bit well Almost, almost comes undone when Eric Eric touches her yes, shoulder. Yeah, because Eric invites her to join them, and he's kind of giving her the buddy buddy clap on the shoulder. Yeah, and yeah. She like recoils violently, is like, "Don't touch me!" And it is it is a pure "Don't touch me" of disdain. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's great. absolutely yeah. venomous. Yeah. She then says she wants to ask them for a favor, and they all agree without finding out what she wants, which is very stupid. They're instantly like, "Yes, anything for you." You took out Venger, but at this point, Sheila is starting to catch on. 
and this is just the halo effect in action. Like they all trust Karina because she's pretty, basically. Mm. Yeah. Like if she was a missing girl, they'd all look for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, she's the analog of Hank, isn't she? Basically, she's <laughs> yes, the blonde, yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes, pretty white blonde girl. girl. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Karina asks them if she can have the ring they found, so she can have absolute power, which seems a bit of a red flag. At this point, Dungeon Master pops in and tells Karina that that ring isn't hers. Name one person that wanted absolute power that wasn't up on on the up and up. All of them, like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Diana is on Karina's side, basically, because she took out Venger. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're a bit like, what? Why not? What's wrong with Karina? But Dungeon Master just tells Karina to fuck off, basically, which she does. So w- w- let's just skip to the big reveal here because it it it, it raises some questions. So it, it ultimately turns out, as we all suspected from the fucking get-go, that she is Venger's sister. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dungeon Master has just shown up. And either this is not his child, which means it's Venger's sister from another dad, or yeah. so half sister, or Dungeon Master just does not acknowledge his kids. Like he's just like, I mean, I know you're my kids, but I'm not going to acknowledge that you are my offspring in public. Which is, can you yeah. can you blame Shamed. them? To, can, yeah. can you blame them for turning to an evil master? Because you know they're getting no love at home. From what if their evil aunt? is their mum? This is what <laughs> yeah. I was saying well, last time. Like you know that yeah. that is the master. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it seems more likely to me that she is meant to be Dungeon Master's daughter. And I wonder if, I think it's safe to assume that DM and Venger and therefore presumably Karina are all immortal. Like, they're definitely incredibly long-lived. Yeah, because Venger's been alive for a thousand years. If you drift apart from your family over the course of centuries, do you still feel any familial bond when you come back together? Would you even remember them? I've just been locked up for 500 (laughs) years. Like, he's had so many kids come and go. Yeah, Yeah, he's been... I mean... I, I imagine that same kind of like if one of them shows up going, oh, I need 20 bucks. Can you lend me 20 bucks? You're going to have that same oh, fucking family. <laughs> I got rid of you 500 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sheila apologizes to Dungeon Master for helping Karina and he says it's not her fault. She just followed her heart. And he explains that there was a power struggle long ago between Karina and Venger, which Venger won. Diana wants to know why Karina being free is bad. And Sheila just says... She's evil. I saw it, which is is a bit of of retconning. I don't yeah, think she well, I mean, really the, noticed the, until the, too late. No, no. I mean, especially considering during all that stuff back in when they were getting the ring, you you clearly see Karina has a Venger shadow, mm. like so she's got wings and horn yeah. and stuff in her shadow. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very much in, in implied from the get go that Karina's not on the level and she's Well, we the evil. audience are yeah. all Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. To get that, yeah. 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 Sheila's uh, just a bit slow. Yeah. 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 She got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Eric figures out that Karina's ring is the other ring they need to get home, which Dungeon Master confirms. He says, yeah, I got the impression from this that Dungeon Master gave them these rings because he gives, he's like, Karina, you should be happy with the one you've got. Yeah, and he just says, they, like they don't even try on the other ring. That's the um, weirdest thing. Like, mm-hmm. what party doesn't be like, we've got a magic item, let's, let's try it on. Put yeah. it there, let's see what happens. Like, we saw what hers did. Look, wonder what ours mm-hmm. can do. Yeah, why can't we, why don't we use this to, I don't know, black yeah. like, home. <laughs> use it to threaten Dungeon Master to open a fucking ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, yes. you bastard. We've got this magic ring. We don't know how to use it. That, that's and where, that's why it's dangerous. That's where Eric fucked up in that other episode, like opening the box. He should have been like, no, Dungeon Master, you send us home or I open the fucking box. (laughs) (laughs) Dungeon Master tells them, to succeed, one of you will have to be more wrong than right, but let your heart guide you. And then he disappears. The party decide they're going to head to Venger's castle, like which fucking one. He must have so many castles. They're all 
Like wherever yes, they are, a, there's a, a primary castle, at hand. castle, which is like mm. the one that's on the overhang, the one with the mm. giant mm. statue yeah, in the base, yeah, yeah. the stalactites. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like wherever they are in the realm, there's always a castle, a convenient. Maybe yeah. maybe he has one castle per biome. Yes, Although some of those are going to get that's really likely. crowded. <laughs> we cut to an orc who is apologizing to Karina, who is now just dressed as Venger, and he's telling her that the orcs are loyal to Venger. Some of them are leaving to to go and rejoin. Uh, and she's pissed. She's in a fabulous outfit now. Yeah. She's basically like, dressed like Avenger. Avenger. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's like Mother Superior Avenger. A red hoodie, yeah. Did anyone else get the feeling that it was a little ill-fitting, though? It looked a yeah. bit baggy and loose <laughs> yeah. around her. It's like she'd just gone into Avenger's wardrobe and took <laughs> his clothes. It's like, yeah. no, I'm Avenger. She's like cosplaying as Avenger. <laughs> we see the party approaching what I assume is Karina's castle, and they're brainstorming how to get the ring, like having a proper huddle. And while they're doing this, Sheila just takes off towards the castle alone. She just legs it. Using her cloak for good effect horns, mm. uh, Bobby yells at her and this alerts the orcs who then charge at the party. So we then cut back between Sheila inside the castle, not invisible where it would have been useful, and the party who are skirmishing. Sheila finds Karina and Karina's who has wings. She does. <laughs> yeah, she's got wings. She's there. evolving. <laughs> Every time you see her, she's added <laughs> no, a she, new she's, ju- she's just had a Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila says that Hank has the ring and Karina threatens Sheila who turns herself invisible with the cloak and then she just starts taunting Karina I mean, do you think the Red Bull would sell as well if the tagline wasn't just Red Bull gives you wings Red Bull gives you evil wings <laughs> Red Bull gives I you demon it. wings I'd, I'd, I'd drink Red Bull if it gave me actual wings <laughs> Red Bull gives you infinite power yeah <laughs> <laughs> Red Bull gives you fascism <laughs> she she properly sasses her though. I mean, this isn't like this is. Is, this is like harassment. This is She's psychological very bullying. Very much like you She's, have no friends. Everyone hates this you. This is why you've got no friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Red Bull, red communism. Red Bull gives you communism. <laughs> I'm going to leave you to workshop that. Um, <laughs> so while Sheila's taunting Karina, Karina is b- trying to blast at her with magic, and as she does this, she accidentally opens a, a hidden door, and Sheila then just snatches the ring straight off her finger and runs off with it. Like I said before. All, as soon as Karina felt that ring sliding off her finger, clench your fist. Don't just stand yeah. there and watch it happen. You know happen. exactly where to blast, right? <laughs> like directly in front of you, make yeah. it down a little bit. <laughs> Pretty ballsy play from Sheila. Though. Yeah, I mean, deal the yeah. ring off somebody's finger Definitely. is, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the first time she's properly used her thief skills. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Although, is she thief or rogue? I mean, they do say thief in the opening credits. Yeah, so thief. Yeah. So, yeah, this yeah. is the first time she actually used, like, sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be a bloody good roll. Like you would have to roll like a nineteen nat or nat twenty to yeah. do a sleight of hand check, pass this sleight of hand check against a powerful crazy. So Sheila runs off out of the castle, and the party are reunited. And now back in the castle, we can hear I've put Karina and and Venger a bickering, but it's actually a lot more kind of <laughs> harrowing than that. Venger is clearly hurting Karina. He has a lot of Venger, stop, Venger, no, yeah. and the party. Whilst this is going on, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the rings. This is where we get the bit where they're discussing the within and above. But Sheila decides she needs to go and help Karina. So using the cloak again, she runs back into the castle. And inside we see Venger has Karina chained to the wall and is very clearly about to kill her. I just want to go back to the the point where we hear Venger effectively beating his sister. That's certainly the implication. To, to death. Y- yeah, yeah it, 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 is, it is very much like if you hear... You know, uh, spousal abuse happening in the, the actually, house next door. It reminds me when I was at university in my second year, we were sharing a house with this girl who would have her boyfriend over like every single night and they would get drunk and they would argue. And sometimes you would hear very much like, Matt, don't touch me. Let me go. Don't touch me. But if you went to be like, hey, what's going on? They would both turn on you and be like, how dare you interfere in our business? How dare you listen into our conversations? Oh, <laughs> so in the end, you just had to be like, <laughs> I guess we have to let him hit her. Like, what do we do? Wow. And this, 
it really was this crazy Jess? No, this was another girl. Okay. I had so many exciting uni roommates. It put me off roommates for life, in fact. So Sheila charges in. Karina tells her to throw the rings at Venger, which she does, and he is then swallowed by a ball of magic that kind of collapses down. He is is whisked off into the (laughs) the nethers of time and space. And this leaves one ring behind. Yeah. It almost looks like a a nebula that he's kind of being whisked off into. Mm, Maybe he's being sent to the dragon's graveyard or something. (laughs) The moon. (laughs) Venger on the moon with the Nazis. At this point, the party and the Nazi master show up, thinking they've got to protect Sheila. But it's fine, because Karina has learned the true meaning of friendship. Well, when Dungeon Master appears later, he actually says, you freed her from yeah, evil. Yeah, this is coming up because Dungeon Master gives Karina her ring back and Sheila apologizes to the party for what she did. And Eric says, hey, at least you didn't lose the ring. And Dungeon Master says, wrong, this ring is now Venger's prison and it's Karina's and Karina is good now. No, no, the, oh, so the, the ring of the mine, other ring's lost. the other ring, the other ring is Venger's prison. The other, um, that one belongs to Karina. And Karina so it's like these now. were do you think these were like birthday gifts that he gave to Venger and Karina long ago? One like, H, yeah, maybe. yeah, when they started their wizardry apprenticing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, but they needed both rings to get home. Yes. yes. And now they yeah. have one ring and they don't even really have that because it's Karina's and And she's not willing to send them home. Been freed from evil. Yeah, but she does she does say that she'll do anything within her power apart from that for them. And Sheila is like, I just want to be your friend. It'd be like, what? No. Still? I want her to defend you against Venger. Or at the bare minimum, can we have some horses? Yeah. We walk everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) They agree to be friends, and we end with the party leaving the castle, obviously never to see this wonderful friend of theirs ever again. And Sheila is mocking Eric. Mm -hmm. As per usual, Eric falls down a a hill. No, he falls falls into a hole. Falls over a hole, sorry. Um... And Sheila's mocking him like, oh, Eric, couldn't you use a hand? Don't you need a friend? Because, of course, we have to let in there again. Eric has no actual friends. Yeah. That's the takeaway from this episode. To be honest, friends like that, who, who fucking need, like, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be happy not to, to call stay them my friends. <laughs> yeah. Stay, yeah. I'd be like, no, no. Do you know what? I'm good. <laughs> Eric could probably strike out on his own. Mm. I'm yeah. sure he'd be fine. He's pretty resourceful. He's actually pretty brave when it comes to he's it. He's got probably, the, apart from Hank, maybe, he's probably got the most useful one mm. person. Mm. From what we found in previous episodes, he does have his wallet on him. He just needs a Bureau of <laughs> <Yeah>. Change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. And he was almost a king. You know, he's got... Yeah, he's got, exactly. Yeah. He's, got he's got connections. Got I mean, like, yeah. you know, I, she wasn't a looker, but you could do worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot she got changed. For the sake of being a king, people have married much worse yeah. women, you know, historically mm-hmm. speaking. So that was Citadel of Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about royalty, episode 26 is the Cave of the Fairy Dragons. Or um, the Cave of Pern Ripoff. <laughs> Pern slash Fern Gully. Yeah. Violence, <laughs> it's all the way down. Yeah. And it's quite it's quite a lovely opening for us. It's been a while since we had a chill opening, sort yeah. of often very tense and generous. But there's this epic like giant waterfall with like, you know, a bald eagle flying around yeah. and screeching <laughs> and it cuts to like some synthy sounds and stuff, and then the camera pans down and basically the party are frolicking like in their underwear in a pool at the bottom of the waterfall. The opening scene of this is a Republican Party political commercial. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> this land is my land. Yeah. <laughs> this land is your land. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, but then half it has, expecting then it has like, half naked children, so it's yeah. more like an Alabama state <laughs> governor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, you half expect Lynx and Lamb to appear doing a fucking song. <laughs> For anyone um, who doesn't know who Lynx and, and Lamb are, they are. A, it, look up Prussian Blue. Yeah. But, but don't. Okay. Do you, okay. 
you don't know who they are. They're, no, no. they're a pair of twins that do like right-wing Nazi country song. Oh, they're like God. 12, 13-year-old girls that do right-wing I mean, I don't Nazi think they country. are anymore. Well, no, but they were when they rose <laughs> yeah, to prominence. I don't know if they still do that shit. Yeah, lovely. It's, yeah, it's horrible. Mm. Just to fit in with that whole vibe, we don't know for how long, but Dungeon Master has been standing watching the party for it <laughs> for some time. He's just standing on a rock, like slightly out of view, doing his um, best. And eventually, Ted Eric, Eric spots him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Eric spots him, and Eric invites him in for a swim. He's like, "Oh, come on, let's chill." And he's like, "Oh, I bet you've got another way home for us." Like mm-hmm. Eric's taking the piss. Like he's, yeah, he's pretty much had it up to up to here with him. He's pretty um, over the whole is, thing now. Isn't yeah, which is yeah, understandable. Exactly. That's it. So they, they start to get out as Dungeon Master does his riddle bit and he's like, when all seems lost, seek that which reflects what you are and what you desire most. Yeah. <laughs> Super helpful as yeah. always. And then he's like, a giant sacrifice has to be made to save a tiny friend. Remember that the smallest deed will yield the biggest reward. So it's just nonsense. Th- that last part never comes to fruition. No, just like in the last episode. Yeah. Only half mm-hmm. the riddle's actually relevant. Yeah. The rest is just... And yeah. Who else thought the tiny friend was going to be uni? <laughs> Yes, yeah. yeah. Or Bobby, like, just, yeah. you know, anyone. Because, like, Eric gives Bobby a hard time quite a lot as well. Mm. And that never really gets resolved. Um, yeah, so the party starts getting dressed, and Eric has kind of put his clothes up on a rock that he starts to climb up um, to get it down, but it starts moving, and um, it shakes him off. And, mm. and they, it turns out that basically yep. this rock is actually the exit hole for an, a giant ant's nest. Yeah. And so, I mean, actually, giant ants, not an ant's nest that is large. I was thinking, though, if you were Eric, wouldn't you keep your clothes in the shade? Because he wears like metal armor. Oh That's going to get yeah. really yeah. hot in the sun. <laughs> but it's a good way to like get the germs out. I you guess. You wash it in water. So sun bleach the, mm. you know. The, yeah, I guess. But but like, you're right. You wouldn't want to put it straight on. Definitely. No, <laughs> you want to dip it in the water, I think. Yeah, so this giant ant's come out, basically, and Diana, as per her usual, mounts one of them and <laughs> grabs its antenna and starts trying to ride it and steer it. And I just can't like, think about how much that is going to hurt, this poor ant. Yeah, it's sensory yeah. organs, basically. Like, it's It'd mad. be like someone grabbing your dick and tugging it. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. direct you with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use your dick as a leash. <laughs> Or like your eyelids or something yeah. like really sensitive as well. Like yeah. Oh, but, do you know what it do you know what it'd be feel like? You know what if you if you've ever had someone grab just the sides of your tash where yes, it like exactly. that, that shit sucks. Relatable to fifty percent or less of the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um luckily another ant is on hand and kind of grabs her by the waist and like throws her off of it. Um, Hank gets taken too before he can draw his bow. Bobby smashes the ground and it kind of creates like an earth tremor um, that gives them all time to escape and Eric gets dressed as well in this. Um, and they yeah, because Eric's kind of left behind trying to find his yeah. armor and shield in the water. He's like putting a boot on and all that kind yeah. of stuff as it happens. And, and they basically hear this voice that they don't see and it's basically saying like, uh, follow, follow me, come, come with me in a kind of follow me kind of yeah. high pitch helium voice yeah. and the voice is coming from a cave behind a waterfall and the party I think they do question it a little bit but they're like yeah. fuck it better than giant ants it's, I guess it, um, following weird voices in. in the woods this is what we do it's our <laughs> this thing. is it's how stunning. we get around <laughs> adventure <laughs> and at this point the, the fairy dragon from the title appears her name is Amber uh, mm. she's super cute and it's basically she's a bright yellow Chinese dragon with butterfly wings I guess yeah. I'd describe her as but very small I wouldn't say necessarily Chinese more kind of it's Shen not quite Wan from Dragon Ball yeah, Z yeah no, no not quite because she's more akin to a western style they're not like the great worm style of dragon where they're just like yeah. a long, they're more traditional dragon they're just a little bit they're, they're a bit slender because they're tiny yeah. 
I actually, in multiple times in this, I remember looking at their arms and legs and being like, this isn't quite right because they're quite muscular little <laughs> yeah. arms. Yeah. Quite a long length. They need T Rex arms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should have exactly. T Rex arms. It's, yeah, but how are they going to carry all their gold? More on mm-hmm. that. <laughs> how are they going to um, do it so, regardless? So she actually calls Presto out by name. Mm-hmm. And she said she heard uh, the silly one say your voice because he's like, how do you know my name? And and she points at Eric, who is the silly one, apparently. Yeah. Um. So she immediately fits in with the group by mocking Eric. Um. The group were all like, oh, she's great. Um. And Eric asks for help and she she's like, ignores him, basically. She'll only talk to Presto. The dragon and has starts- a strip. The dragon, I'm going to bring up my point. The dragon has a stripper's name. <laughs> yes, Amber is yeah. definitely gonna, any gemstone stripper's name. I'm going to counter again that Amber is my pen name. And the, yes. your um, we, yes, we get <laughs> and your surname is M Organ. Yeah, it's Amber Organ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Amber M Organ. Yeah, <laughs> and it is lesbian fiction. Yeah, well, no, actually, it's this is more just I write straight my up erotic. My real name. Yeah, just this erotica. is just more straight. Okay. <laughs> actually, Amber Morgan is the source of a lot of MCR. To be fair, your, Which your is, actual regular name backwards is I moan anyway. So, so, yeah. so appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Just all erotic all the time. <laughs> yeah. Now, Amber Morgan is your source of MCR, which is uh, not Marvel cinematic renaissance. I don't know. Uh, it's motor, motorcycle club romance. I love that you are explaining <laughs> is that, this. Is that the genre? <laughs> that is the genre. Not the only Oh, well, no, actually, didn't is Amber Morgan where you wrote that um, like thing about the three-way relationship with werecats or something? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's, like, it's, there you go. it's a rich it's, tapestry. Okay. Yeah. So there's wear cap porn in there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's basically her furry altar. <laughs> 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 so, therefore, a stripper name. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Fine. So, talking of strippers, Amber is quite amorous towards Presto. Yes. She rubs herself all over him, like sort of cat like, uh, yeah. I guess, in a way. But if, um, it, like, if she, your cat could speak to you, you would not let them do that. Yeah, no. no <laughs> She'd be like, no. You've made it weird, Not Kat. in that high-pitched voice. Yeah. yeah. And she basically ends up crawling into his hat on, while it's on his head, basically, uh, and gives them directions down the cave that leads them, starts to lead them, lead them out to another entrance. But just before they get there, another green fairy dragon comes in called Fla. Um, Which is he's just the name. Fla is literally the name of a character from the Amicabre's Dragon Riders of Pern. Pern books, this yeah. brother yeah. of Fnar, yes. sister of Fabar, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, no, it is. Fla is the <laughs> bronze. That's it. Fla is the brother of Fnar. He's the rider of the bronze dragon Menenth. Mm-hmm. Love it. Good books. Um, you should read them. They are fantastic. So just don't read anything oh, yeah. written by her son. As is the way with any science fiction <laughs> author that dies, if their son takes up their, their prodigy takes over their work, prodigy progeny takes over their work, don't fucking read it. It's terrible. Like Frank <laughs> yeah, Herbert, progeny, not prodigies. Yeah, progeny. <laughs> so Fla tells them that Queen Tasmira has been captured by King Varin, uh, Varin, sorry, and his men. These... And Amber freaks out, and he's what? like, we, they they fly off basically. The naming culture of these dragons is all over the place. Amber, yeah, Amber Fla, and Tasmina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's, a, it's crazy. They also could all be wrestling wrestler names. Tasmina is like a celebrity <laughs> baby name. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's the fourth so, Beyonce, Beyonce child. This is very similar to one of the other past episodes, actually. Amber and Fla fly off and the party follow. And when they reach the cave mouth, it turns out they actually have to climb up and over a mountain to follow yes. these dragons. <laughs> but they do so and they find this kind of cave almost the whole way up the, ma- the mountainside. And it's full of fairy dragons. And at first, the fairy dragons are like, whoa, 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 humans, panic stations, like get, get them out of here. But Amber's like, no, no, we know, I know them all. Um, this is my boyfriend, Presto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. While she's introducing him, Presto just 
out of Ball. the blue, stumbles and falls off the side of the cliff and just grabs <laughs> onto a ledge. And then Hank uses his MacGuffin bow and shoots one arrow that turns into two arrows that comes back and shoots just underneath Presto's feet so he can stand it's on ball the glowing shit. laser <laughs> yeah. arrows. To, to get himself up it's it's just it's so irrelevant to the story yeah, and it's, it's it also raises the question of why hank couldn't do something similar in that that previous episode where they were taking dungeon master to the dungeon at the heart of dawn yes. oh what impressive like, shock on the ledge yeah he could have made handholds for him with arrows i'm sure yeah. i mean yeah they that would have been perfect like yeah, oh my it God. was it was a pointless basically i, I don't actually yeah. know it. it would have been more relevant if the fairy dragons would have helped yeah that can fly and possibly collectively lift a person, maybe. Is it just trying to drive home that all these kids now have abnormally strong grip strength? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, by this point, we're episode 26, right? They are high-level adventurers yeah, now. Well. And so, they, like, like, just in terms- it's, just, it's just, you know when you're new level and you basically want to yeah. try, you want to show off your new skill, he's like, oh, I've got a split arrow and I can't, it's just like, there's no <laughs> combat encounter, so I, I, I just bust it out. Oh, so you think Hank's you know? actually just him. tripped him with the bow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hank gave him a little shove while they were being introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they basically eventually form an alliance right there and then. Very little questioning going on, pretty much. He just needed to slut up to Presto a little bit. And suddenly they're, they're on the same team and they're like, yeah, we'll rescue your queen, whatever. No questions asked. Like, we're going to help. And they basically go to uh, this kind of standard castle. It's a very uh, Disney to a flourishing meadow. Yeah, it's a thing. very Disney esque castle. It, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's picturesque. Yeah, it's got his drawbridge and everything. Mm. Sheila puts on her cloak. She sneaks in over it the drawbridge. Doesn't and she look creates like, a distraction as well. It doesn't look like the home of the antagonist of an episode. It looks more like the home of the the yeah the the That's hero true. kind of thing. And, and more on this in a bit as well, because like we haven't had any kind of motivation established from King Varin or anything. No, he just he's just kidnapped a queen or imprisoned a queen which is let's be honest that's pretty standard shit in medieval yeah it's definitely that, that is it, it happens all the time being a king 101 exactly you get yeah. your ransom but the you party, make friends I, think, I feel like if the party would have stumbled on King Varen and been told like the other side of the story they've got our, they've they've got our oh, treasure we'll with you. Yeah, let's, slay, dragons, let's slay the fairy gold, dragons yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go fairy dragon hunting mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Sheila creates a distraction by like uh, slapping the hind of a, of a an oxen cart that run out yeah. of the castle gates and the guards go chasing it the party sneak in they're in the castle and then they find a door that hopefully leads down to the dungeons. Eric st- is stationed guard for some reason I, I um, hated this bit because as they go down Eric's like, don't take too long. I, you know, it's dangerous out here. And Sheila's like, Sheila actually stops and turns to Eric and says, don't worry, we'll be as quick as we can. And then proceeds to not move. So much so that, that Hank actually comes back and goes, Sheila, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Come on, bitch. <laughs> they're, in, they're in no rush whatsoever. It's so bizarre. <laughs> um, they get down to like a crux of uh, at the bottom of like different doorways and Hank gives them the orders to spread out. Um, says, and then it's like if they which, find a whistle and we'll yeah. all come running and it just it does go to show how well trained he's got the team because when he does find her he just whistles and they all kind of come like it's proper like dog whistle yeah <laughs> yeah he does like proper come by kind of dog mm-hmm. whistle and they all they all appear um, and the queen is locked inside oh God, the dungeon the- but inside the dungeon is a bird cage that she's mm. locked in as well what was the 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 sheepdog TV show thing called in the UK man and his dog is it one man and his dog one man and his dog yeah, yeah okay it was just when you were like, oh, come by, come by. Come by, yeah. Come here, boy, come by. I mean, if you've never watched Sheepdog Trials or Sheepdog Games, it's you impressive. definitely They are really I mean, impressive. If you've ever watched the one when it's at night and they actually put LEDs on the sheep <laughs> and <laughs> the dogs, 
and it's fucking amazing. Uh-huh. And they create like patterns on the hillsides. It's I'd totally be, worth a watch. This was like rave lighting, but <laughs> the <laughs> old school way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the, the queen's in in a room in a cage, and they walk into the room uh, quite easily actually. And Bobby tries his club on the cage, but it's basically just a, a regular wooden club. Mm-hmm. And King Varin arrives, and he explains immediately that the room is actually a magic debuff room. It's effectively, a it's a magical Faraday cage. Yeah, exactly. Magic won't work inside the room, mm-hmm. and he slams the door and locks them in just before he's thrown Eric into the room. Amber flies out. We need to way. address King Baron. Yes. King, yeah. King, Baron, King Baron is, is the Viking. King, yes. The barbarian king He's of bearded Lord. men. This leads me to believe yeah. he probably is not the original owner of this castle. Yeah. Uh, He's that, just wearing loincloth pants, isn't he? And like his armor. Yeah. Fluff. And a ke- fluffy cape. His aesthetic does not fit with his surroundings. I think he's pillaged it. I think there's a, a dead king somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Could I be. Mean, there's very, well, very I mean, few women here, which is a yeah. good sign that it's a conquered castle, actually, as well. That like, mm. it's not a, a habitable or habited mm. castle, right? But yeah, he's a, he is weird looking. It's a bit incongruous, really. And he doesn't mm. necessarily look, look that evil, though. No, like, no, he just looks, looks like, a, like a generic barbarian. And by yeah. all intent, so uh, this was something that came up when we, after the last episode. So Bobby is called a barbarian throughout this. Yet when they mm. did the Conan cartoon, they had to call him Conan the Adventurer because you can't have a barbarian for kids. <laughs> Double fucking standards. Oh. Do we know that to be that's fair, why? This barely got yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah. why they they changed it. Yeah, yeah. They thought barbarian oh, yeah. had too many negative connotations to be a children's t- uh, cartoon. Which it's why Dungeons like, and Dragons. In, oh, Dungeons and Dragons, because Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons yeah. is 80s. Conan the Adventurer is like early 90s. So they probably saw yeah. the metrics from D and D. Were like barbarians don't sell. Kids want adventurers. Remember in, in England they were the teenage mutant hero, hero turtles. Yeah, because we because we couldn't have ninjas. Mm. Yeah, like, what? Like, what? <laughs> But yeah, I guess so if you look at the theme tune, Conan, the adventurer, it rolls better than Conan, the barbarian. It doesn't, it's yeah. a, still, it still tracks. It still, it still tracks, tracks, but it's okay, adventurer. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want kids to get hold of the original film. Why? Oh, it's a classic. Because <laughs> we could kids. Google back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, I was talking through that sentence where I was like, did kids have the internet in the 90s? No, mm. no, we didn't. I, I did. Um, I had very early, I was, pro- I was very early, like, adopter of internet i remember going on there and green day's website being like a yahoo site i remember yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah like so a- aol the aol yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i mean i was using 36 kbps dial-up modems back yeah. in the day amazing so what was it? oh yeah sorry uh so eric while Eric's getting thrown into the cell amber manages to sneak out and nobody sees her and she's flying off to go get help and Hank manages to kind of jimmy the hinge of the birdcage instead of using the lock. He breaks the hinge, quite intelligent actually, um, mm-hmm. and frees the queen. And she talks about her home uh, in the forest of mists uh, that was destroyed by a volcano. And ever since that happened, they've been migrating to the edge of the world where there's a new home for them. And it's it's a multi-generational journey. We'll find out why, why? later. <laughs> And the party kind of bond with her about this because they're like, you know, everyone's trying to get home, basically. So yeah. that's something, you know, something something to deal with. The the alliance is like really forged in this steel. Amber, who has escaped the cell, tries to escape the whole castle, but she's spotted by a couple of guards at the gate who chase her, basically, like watching her in the sky. And she kind of tries to pull some trick maneuvers, like loop loops and barrel rolls and stuff, uh, to lose them. She thinks she's lost them, but one of them spotted her, and they continue to follow. So. 
back in the cell, they figured out, well, they haven't figured out, they're like, oh, it's, he said magic doesn't work in the cell, but maybe it works outside the cell. And it's one of those classic wooden doors with like a letterbox of bars, I yeah. guess, on the, on the door itself. And Presto grabs his hat and puts his hands and his hat outside and he manages to do a bit of magic. Um, like, and he summons you millions, not, billions even, of termites. <laughs> even if you, you're you're putting them in a magical Faraday cage, why would you leave them with their weapons? Regardless, I would argue you would leave Prestos because it is just clothing. Well, the thing, mm. the thing is though, regard like he should have just you know like prisoner. 101, yeah. you know, this is like strip them strip, naked, strip them down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, you don't so. keep them all together in one cell no. either. And if you've got the ability to make one cell magic proof, why not just do that to the whole dungeon? Maybe the wizard, mm. con- the wizard contractor that did it had like a really steep hourly rate. <laughs> it was like, yeah, well, it was like a, a per square foot. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like these billions of termites come out of his hat. And he just needed the same the contractor for way that did the wizard jail in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. The we cut to the guards outside who are chasing the uh, dragon and they're arguing with each other because he's like, how could you be so stupid? How could you not follow this like orange, bright orange dragon through the sky? And they think they've lost her, but actually they spot her going into a cave. In their defense, the dragon is orange. The sun is also orange. Yeah, it, if she flies across the sun, it would be yeah. hard to track her. Yeah, definitely. The party are trying to escape and they're planning they are in a to get room. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The tree cover would make it difficult. Yeah, definitely. The party's plan to escape uh, involves the queen using a sleep spell effectively against a couple of guards, mm-hmm. and the some a couple of the kids grab their cloaks. Sheila goes invisible, and they escort everyone else who's not in a guard cloak out of the main gate by the other guards. And they're like, "These guys are prisoners. <laughs> we're taking we're, them away like, from we're, prison. <laughs> yeah, we're taking them out of the castle. Like. It's like it's not like the King Varen has like a maximum security penitentiary that is like a prisoner transfer, mate. This is yeah. like, what are these guards playing at? Yeah, they're cool with it. They're, they're, they're just like, yeah, whatever. It. Okay, it's fine. So maybe it's chase, a very like the chase, you know, um, what's the word uh, like equal society? What's the word I'm looking for? There isn't like a hierarchy other than the king. Everyone else is just <laughs> equal, just so no hierarchy. one, no one can order anyone else about. They just say, I, I'm oh, doing I this. Like, yeah, fine. That's communism, that is. Yeah, that's I, it. The, yeah. the other option is that it's normal to take prisoners off to execute them off site, maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're going to execute a prisoner, do it in the fucking cell, mate. It Unless be, it has to be a like, show. Like we're saying, it, this could not be their castle, mm. like we're saying. Yeah, so maybe guess. they are taking them back to their own castle. So the chase guards have spotted the cave that Amber's gone into. One of them is like, go back to the castle, get King Varen, and I'll stay here and watch. While that's happening, the party arrive at the cave, go in, and Amber does a lot of rubbing of Presto at this stage, like yeah. rubbing over the face and stuff. Like, just happy to see him, I guess. Very quick and deep, a, a flamey relationship, actually. Yeah. Um, the the queen's flamey like, dragon, get it? Yeah. The queen's <laughs> like, oh, we need to thank you for this. Like, we can give you some money and stuff. And they're mm. like, no, no, we don't need any money. She's like, well, come with me anyway. Well, deep before, into the cave. Before that, she she. She says a line which I, I just, it, it feels a very incongruous sentence to say, which is when they're like, oh, we don't need anything. She responds with, your modesty is great. That's it. <laughs> it it's how great. you emphasize the great. It's like, your modesty is great. That's how and she says it, though. Your modesty is great. No, but she, people she should actually compl- People should compliment each other more on these kind like, of yeah, basic human nice. uh, yeah. behaviors, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. But yeah, she, well, instead well of like, done, oh, you your know. modesty is great. She's like, your modesty is great. Your modesty is great. Come and see my treasure. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much yeah. of it. That's it. So yeah, Which you're not going to want because you're modest. Into the Scrooge McDuck vault <laughs> of treasure. 
It's got like everything, and it? it's got chalices and p- piles of gold it, coins, obviously, it, and just jewels and gems. All it's sorts. basically Smaug's hoard. Yeah, and like, no wonder it takes them generations to move across <laughs> the world. These tiny dragons are having to lift and shift gold, infamously quite a heavy by size, yeah. you know. Yeah, and uh, it's not even metal. like it's conveniently boxed up or bagged up or anything. No, it's just them, loose. It's just yeah. piles of what gold. What do they even need with it? I mean, it's like got, fairy dragons. It would it would take all of them just to move that mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's just mad. And and so this is what King Varen is after. Maybe they've got one really way. buff dragon that we never see. <laughs> like an actual dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like Maybe this, he- I was saying this this could be King Varen's treasure. This could mm. be his gold, and that's why he wants to get yeah. them. If they're going if they're just traveling across the land, gathering all the king's treasure as they go, different kings and kingdoms. Like, no wonder they're I wonder, like, being chased. I was just thinking, I wonder if Tiamat has got a removal service. <laughs> <laughs> Two arms, seven heads, removals. <laughs> the dragon equivalent of the man. Trust the her, bro. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. Trust so, the dragon, bro. Uh, if you've not seen Hawkeye yet, the, the Russian mob the track guys, mafia. It, the tracksuit mafia, they, they yeah. have uh, their own removal service and it's called Trust a Bro. <laughs> I just oh, which is hilarious. It happened. <laughs> bro. So the queen is showing the party the treasure but Justo yeah. hasn't quite made it to the treasure room um, because Amber He's is in the corridor on the way teaching him magic and he is basically learning how to turn a rock into a helium balloon effectively yeah. on a string and she's taught him this trick and and he when the party come back he gifts this floating rock on a string to the queen <laughs> she's like Oh, thank you. Yeah, she's, I'm just going to put this over here with the other rocks. Yeah, It's like it's like when, you know, a, a two-year-old comes up to you and gives you like a... She's like, Macaroni I drew a picture art. of you and it's just a giant scribble yeah, on a piece of paper. And you, yeah, you're yeah. just like, well done. We're going to put this right on the fridge. I'll keep it forever. By the way, I think your kid's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly, <laughs> she, but it's all like. Luckily, she doesn't have to like actually go into detail about how much she likes the present because a dragon fairy um, comes from higher up the cave and says the king's army is attacking. Yeah, it turns out the prerequisite for service in the king's army is it's, a beard of some sort. Yeah, yeah. beards, <laughs> mustaches, yeah. all the different types as well. Much maybe all the women have all got a beard. Maybe all the women are bearded as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's like a genetic, genetic yeah. thing. Maybe they're a type of dwarf. Hmm. They're just self-replicating, actually. They're just like androgynous. They're just androgynous asexual. Exactly. Well, they're not androgynous at all. They're very androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> they're just asexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's what's the what's the what is it when you when you reproduce, reproduce asexually? Yeah, it's so asexual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was um, thinking like I, I was. No, there is like, actually a word for yeah. it. As yeah. Well, like, I can't remember what it is. Like it, some lizards and things do it, don't they? Synthesis. Um, this is Sorry, some. This is. No, I'm thinking. I know photosynthesis. I'm just thinking it's some kind of synthesis. I'm sure it is. We'll look it, it up at the end. Proto, yeah, I, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, um, um, so Hank, who is not short of MacGuffins, pulls out possibly his shittest MacGuffin of the entire show, where he basically is like, "Get back!" I've, and this this should hold them. And he shoots an arrow in front of the oncoming guards, and it basically puts a glass wall up between the guards and the rest of the tunnel while the party start to move away. But no sooner have they turned around than the guards just bang on this <laughs> glass wall, and it just shatters, shatters immediately. Like, it was hilarious. Immediately, there's seconds, almost no like, pause between him saying this will hold them and the glass a breaking. literal little while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it protogenesis, possibly something like that? Something. Weird. They, so, what do you think the top Google organic self Wank. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. Obviously. No. Tan. 
Organic self. <laughs> an organic self. Like an actual organic, but like an organic product as yeah. opposed to. Uh, but so that's the sun, amazing. Then. <laughs> no, it's just like someone smothering themselves in marmite. <laughs> this is gonna get me that deep brown I crave, <laughs> and I'll be yeasty and fresh. <laughs> you're not gonna be fresh if you're yeasty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Totally blown up by it. If you put organic self rep, it becomes replicating robots. Okay, we don't want those. I'm very against those. Just so everyone knows. Nice. Don't say out loud. <laughs> the, 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 the top, the top, the top article is uh, it, spontaneous emergence of self replicating molecules. Interesting. That is that sounds, like the creation of life? I don't know. But that that is what all the top results are about. I don't know how to. I'll look it up later. But yeah. yeah. So apparently, this is self replicating molecule. Oh yeah, I mean that's that that kind of tracks because I think practically speaking, we don't know why life arises. Yeah, you know, it's it's basically a spontaneous thing that happens, and we don't really know why. So I kind of get that there's scientific interest in that. Yeah, as long yeah. as it's not nanobots, I think it's fine. <laughs> I'll nano your bot, maybe in our lifetime. I hope not. So we pick up the party in the action, and they have taken shelter in the Scrooge McDuck vault. Yeah. <laughs> Eric panics and he's talking about the riddle about, that Dungeon Master gave him about finding their way home. And he happens yeah. to be standing next to this mirror and effectively the mirror turns into a portal home, we, we, which somebody spots did, over his shoulder and are like, oh my God, it's the fairground. Did we talk about Hank's bullshit? Yes. The, oh, yes. Did I, mi oh, did I miss it while I was looking up self-replicating? Yeah, yes. okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Just as long so, as we addressed how bullshit that was, that's <laughs> fine. Did. Good. Yeah. So the portal's there and Hank runs over to the portal and he's like... He, he's like, we can send the, the fairy dragons home with this, and he immediately just changes the channel on it, basically yeah. to the en edge of the world or whatever it is. And they, the fairy dragons, all fly through, mm -hmm. and then the party starts shoveling their gold in through the mirror. <laughs> yeah, they're literally using time. Eric's like, I, I shield saving, as a saving someone's life. Yes, yeah, like, saving I their would, gold. I would probably consider running into a burning building to save someone's life, but I wouldn't then I go back on the in person. and be like, "What's your most valuable yeah. asset?" Yeah, I'll you go leave get the wallet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, in that they could go home in this time, so they shovel it all in. Yeah, you're right. He's using a shield. Like they're they're properly bundling it all out, and then and they do it remarkably quickly. Very efficient. Yeah, for the amount of gold that there is, yeah. And just going back to earlier, like the motivations of the king, they could literally be helping in the theft of King Varin's treasure here, <laughs> like without knowing it. We don't know the motivations of the king and why he's there. But as he arrives with his guards, Eric and Hank kind of signal each other. Eric sighs and turns the mirror around and gives it a thump on the back and the mirror shatters out. Mm. Uh, Why did he need to turn it around? Couldn't he have just done that? Yeah, because if he hit it with his shield while the glass was facing him, he would be sliced oh to pieces. God. No, no. Also, his shield would just go through the portal. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. It will just go through somewhere. the portal. I was thinking, like, <laughs> yeah. that yeah, would be a great twist. Just like throws it through. This point is equally face. as valid. <laughs> if you're going to break a mirror, Have you never home, broke a mirror? do it from the back. No, like, you always break it from the front. It's way more fun. You make it sound like this is something you go around. Yeah, not on purpose. Like, do it. What do you want to do today? Oh, we could smash some mirrors. I like to taunt fate. You're such an emo kid. So yeah, the, the guards bust in and kind of arrest them and take them back to the king. And then they're basically in the hall of the castle, and the king is questioning them. And Presto casts a spell, and it's the rock spell, but he has cast it on the king and their men, and they just float <laughs> to the ceiling. Do you smell? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous that the the king and the men float away, and the party just 
saunter off. They're just like, right, we're done with being arrested now. Off we go. Do they say, like, does Presto say the spell is going to wear off in a few hours? Yes, like yeah, he's like, oh, they'll come back like, down. What was the point of the rock he gave Queen Tasmira? <laughs> just he just gave her a rock. <laughs> yeah. So the party talk a little bit on the way out about losing well, I mean, the ability I get... to go home. They're mm. sad. Like, Presto thanks Eric, though. What do you give someone who's got a ton of gold? Dragons? A rock? Maybe. But yes, you're right. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just theorizing maybe that's why. Putting too much thought into the rock. <laughs> the rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's there's a few jokes about little yeah. people helping little people and Bobby being little and stuff and, and Eric joking about that. And, and Eric says, at least job. we're not any further from home. Yeah. Which is true. And the dungeon yeah. master's like, you're close. Oh no, he doesn't even say it to them. He's just No, like it just pans off to being sly. Yeah. And he's like, you're closer than you think for home is a reflection in the heart. A reflection you are now beginning to understand. Which is, like, it, this what? rings of you're not going home Basically. because yes, you're going to learn exactly. that you, this is you belong home. Home is where the yeah. heart is. Yeah, just and you're here. Down here. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, Dungeon Master's face in this as well. He always looks creepy and sly well, that, during these. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what his, like, all, his modus operandi is, is creepy and sly. But it, he just affects, like, you know, he, he looks like, he's, he's very Ted Cruz. Yeah, he's like a voyeuristic yeah, like edge lord, basically, isn't he? He loves like teetering people on the edge and then bringing them back and just smashing their dreams. This yeah. one literally smashed, obviously. Yeah. Like, probably <laughs> loved, loved it. I say no. This was this was sort of an episode for girls in a way. You know, <laughs> yeah, 90s definitely. Type cute little with, dragons, like, having cute, yeah. cute butterfly dragons. Yeah, I would have been into a, this episode a, as a kid for sure. Yeah, and a sort of pseudo love, sweet love story <laughs> thing as well going on. It wasn't. It wasn't bad by any like compared to some past episodes. It wasn't. No. It wasn't a great episode though. Either. Mm. Well, we come on to the final Ed official Ed episode of the Dungeons and Dragons series, episode twenty-seven, not twenty-eight. The Winds of Darkness. That's what I call my farts. <laughs> <laughs> Nero literally. Like, prepare, on the prepare, prepare yourself. Take. I've let loose the winds of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> for I am the darkling. <laughs> so, and in stark contrast to the previous relaxed, chill opening, we open again in media res of on Bobby running through the creepiest, very typical Halloween forest, creepy, creepy trees, all barren. And he trips and he's calling out for Dungeon Master for help. Dungeon Master is not there. We then cut to an old woman being harassed by a village. Just the entire village are out. This this old woman is murder. She wrote uh, yep. Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Yeah, the entire village. She's saying like, "Oh, I just want a bed for the night." Like, no, no, he's back, and it's it's kind of insinuated that it's her fault that this person yeah. is back. Yeah, this is something that didn't tie up for me in the episode. But I guess we'll touch on it at the end. They, they say something like mm. the moon. The villagers say something like the moons have aligned and he has returned and, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. here type thing to stitch her into it. Mm. So we then cut back to Eric and Diana, who are fighting Fog. Diana doesn't understand Fog, because she's no. just whacking it with a stick. It's all she's yeah. got, though. The least know? useful yeah. thing to disperse a she, we have, of we, anything, any kind. We have seen Diane, Diana twizzle this stick a lot. Wait, let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've seen her do some fancy moves with this stick. You're telling me she couldn't twin it, twizzle it around like a fan? Maybe she'd already yeah. tried that. Well, I mean, it's better than just day. smacking fog. She hasn't got any clothes she can take off to like waft at it like <laughs> no. tape or anything though. So, you know. This is very true. They're, they're, they're fighting off this fog and we cut to Hank who's like, my legs, 
me legs. I can't feel me legs. Duncan, can you feel me legs? <laughs> it's like Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what were we watching? Oh, it was uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier that yeah. has basically the whole Lieutenant Dan. Anyway, which Marvel's binging. Uh, yeah, so Hank's on the ground, and one of his legs is basically turning what seems to be incorporeal. It's like it's uh, turning the same color as this fog, which is kind of purple, but it's see-through. Um, and, and for me, I'd be like, no, my, it's not that my legs don't work. It's like my legs gone. And it turns out Bobby has been sent off to try and find help for Hank because of this. We then cut to what can only be described as a scarecrow-looking dude. In fact, he's very reminiscent. He's kind of a more amped-up spooky version of Scarecrow from the Batman anim- the animated series. He gave me more Scooby-Doo villain vibes. Yeah, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Mask and reveal old man winters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you, you are right. And yeah, he's just laughing. Uh, it, it's kind of insinuated that he's watching all this happen to the party. We then cut back to Bobby, who has, who has, who has, uh, who has arrived in town uh, where murder she wrote being naysayed by all the villagers and the villagers just immediately know about going look the darkling is back the darkling is back and the way this happens it's almost like they're saying bobby is the darkling which i don't know it made me like i was it made me very confused for the first like few minutes of this episode there's a lot of cutting backwards and forwards of course between people as well which yeah anyway the woman says turns to bobby he's like you'll get no help here this is like this village is full of fuckers. And uh, she gets on her carriage, which is kind of drawn by this horned oxen. I don't yeah, know. this is like a rhino. Mm. Rhino it's, ox. It's like a gypsy cavern. Car- cavern? Yeah. <laughs> caravan. G- gypsy caravan. You haven't spoken about geology in so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It's, a, it's an Esmeralda caravan. And yeah, it's being pulled by a rhinox, is what I will call it. <laughs> Good show. Yeah. And That's just reminded me of who the who the the Darkling Lord is or reminds me of. It's Tex Hex. From <laughs> yes, Brave Star. Brave Star. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really is. And the Murder She Wrote uh, invites Bobby onto the carriage. She says, she, uh, Bobby's like, well, can, can you help me and my friends? And she's like, no, I can't help you. I'm heading far away from here. And at that, Bobby kind of is down he's like oh i need to find dungeon master and at the name the mere mention of dungeon master's name she sighs and is just like immediately done with this shit so it's very evident she's met him <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like oh God. manipulated by yeah and so she seems like she just seems exasperated at the even the thought of dungeon master which made me think, is she one of his previous pupils? Is she from, yeah. like, a, is she, she been is here in and... gaslighting horrors? <laughs> well, has she been here since she was Bobby's age? Mm. She brought over from, like, well... We, we, That's what we, retirement we... is from being in the Dungeon Master Party. Like, every village you go to, they're like, be gone, you bring danger and evil. <laughs> Although she has got an adorable triple cat thing. I was just about to say, yeah, she's got this like pet, which is, yeah, it's a... It's a cute, it's kind of Tribble, kind of Critter. It's got more, it's got a face which Tribbles don't have. So that's why I like more towards Critter. So yeah, she because of the mention of Dungeon Master's name, she agrees to help Bobby. So Bobby gets on the carriage with her and they ride off. We cut back to Hank and the party and Hank's basically now completely purple and incorporeal. So he's like, fuck it, now or never, and just charges the fog. Just, which, you know, to be honest, it does work. 
Well, <laughs> it does go away. <laughs> but it so, takes him with him. <laughs> yeah, he runs into the the fog and makes like a kind of pain noise and then there's like a flash and he's gone and the fog recedes. And I think though, I don't think it's because of Hank because the Scarecrow dude sees Murder, She Wrote arriving and he starts cursing. He's like, oh, you're always nearby. And then he leaves. And I think because of that is why the fog recedes. Otherwise he'd have kept pressing to take more of the party. So Hank just... It's weird though, I'm just yeah. thinking about it, because we talked about this in the original recording, that there's a point where Tex Hex makes a comment about how Martha always finds him the best prey. But yeah. when he yeah. sees her now, he's like, oh, fuck, it's you. And it, it does allude to a relationship between yeah. them quite a few times as Definitely, well. Definitely, because we find out that her family were taken by him a long time ago. Yeah. Right? And so that's what, so there's, there's that relationship between them. But there's yeah. also this implication that she is almost like a harbinger of his presence because of the way the villagers react to her. I thought, I thought that he was going to be like her brother or father or yeah. son or something. Yeah. Like it's in, but... in terms of explaining what's going on there, the episode does nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's no. true. Murder She Wrote's arrived with Bobby and the, who we later find out is the Darkling has uh, basically noped out. And as they get there, Bobby dismant, dismounts the carriage and the team the carriage. dismantles the carriage. <laughs> Just with his club. <laughs> yeah. He's done. He's, he's so sad. Door. That's how he gets down from things as well. <laughs> yeah. as he's like, oh no, step. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so fucked up when he goes back, when he does get back home because he's just trying to like yeah. break down walls all the time. <laughs> he's going to be one of the baseball bat guys from the Warriors. Either that or he's just going to be like, he's going to spend the rest of his childhood in psychiatric care because he's just going to be constantly trying to break things going, no, I'm a barbarian, I'm a barbarian and they'll be like, Oh no, no he's he broken. can just get a job in job in destruction, you know, like mm. construction, but you know, demolition. Destruction. The destruction industry. <laughs> destruction oh. executive. <laughs> I mean, if there were jobs in destruction, I'd definitely take one. <laughs> like I, I'll I get what, enough what, of that in my life, mate. <laughs> it's just like if someone asks you, oh, what's your job? Uh, you know, I'm professional destruction. I'm in destruction. <laughs> I'm in destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so as Bobby dismounts the carriage the team just immediately goes to him and go Bobby Hank's gone and he just starts crying <laughs> he's just like where's yeah. Hank well, he's like, like how, how am I going to know it's bedtime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired right now <laughs> yeah he really is he's, uh, it's so uh, it, they do just I think they just want to make Bobby cry <laughs> just like, like we have we to don't... break this news to him as abruptly as possible, possible. yeah it's not like oh Bobby we've got some bad news it's just like Bobby Hank's gone <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the woman apologizes for uh, the dark. This is what we learned: the Darkling taking Hank. Or which Presto asks, "Who the fuck is this Darkling character anyway?" And she says that he is darkness incarnate. He creates and manipulates the fog that they encountered, and the team are immediately dejected. Which, like, I'm like, dudes, it's guys. You, well, it's just I'm also like, you faced for odds than this like come on yeah like, it's a bit early but in the per- day to be getting down personally speaking i don't know what i would do without a cis white male telling me <laughs> yeah. how to do things like where to Everything go we just grind to a halt. yeah yeah i'd yeah i'd struggle so bobby is saying that we need to go and find hank like he re- he's really insistent we need to go and find hank we need to rescue hank but murder she wrote saying people that are taken by the darkling uh and his fog are never seen again and that's where Bobby's like, we need Dungeon Master's help. And Eric 
starts just laying into, oh, what, Dungeon Master, the guy who told us to come to the Forest of Darkness in the fucking first place, the guy whose fault this is, you mean. Uh, and at this point, Dungeon Master uh, appears and the first words out of his mouth are, I can't help Hank, or the ranger. The way. <laughs> yeah, he refers to him as the ranger. Like mm, yeah. He's moved he's on so already. Yeah. Dispassionate, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this. He never calls them by his net, their name. He always no, he refers them by the class. Mm-hmm. He's, there are he so just many moves of these the kids. clothing from he moves clothing yeah. from yeah. kids to kids. He to can't kids. be expected to remember all their names. Yeah. Yeah. Martha also, sort of sidles around the back of the truck when Dungeon Master. Yeah, she's truck, trying to keep caravan. out of sight. Yeah. <clears throat> so Eric quotes the riddle that sent the party off into the dark forest originally, back to Dungeon Master. I didn't make a note of it. I couldn't be asked. Uh, and Eric just starts laying into Dungeon Master, saying that Hank's disappearance is all your fault. Uh, Dungeon Master again reiterates that he can't help Hank and he can't do anything against the Darkling's magic. It's like, oh, dude, you are, you, you're either lying or you're not as powerful as you make out you are. It's one of the two. And also, uh, well, we'll come on to it in a second. Eric snaps uh, Dungeon Master's response, and Dungeon Master, for some reason, is holding Hank's bow at this point. And as Eric snaps, he snatches the uh, bow off Dungeon Master and says, look, we're going to go find someone who can help and who can help Hank. And it's kind of weird, because Dungeon Master seems really down about them wanting to help Hank. He's yeah. like, oh, if that's what you want, then Cavalier, you know. He's, he's gaslighting the whole way. Like, he knows he's <laughs> like, manipulating them. Oh, mm-hmm. no, don't do that. Oh, mm. I can't believe you would do something so it, crazy. He does yeah. give them some parting bullshit and says, when all seems dark, remember that the forgotten candle flame can be your light. What? Yeah, that's not helpful. That's like, no. it's not like, basically you're just saying, when, in, when it's dark, remember to turn on a light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to see something in the dark. <laughs> so at this point, Martha kind of is trying to slip onto her carriage to ride away. And Dungeon Master, without turning around, just greets Bird as she wrote. Her name's Martha. You find out. He's it's like, so Hi. dry there. It's like Martha, Dungeon Master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of bad blood there, you can tell. Dungeon Master says something to her and she, she snaps back at him. The last time I saw you, you ruined my life. At which point Eric's like, oh, sweet, she's my girl. Uh, you know, she, <laughs> yeah, let's go with her. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, ah, yes. Martha, <laughs> hi, nice to meet you. I'm Eric, let's go. Uh, so yeah, the team, basically Eric rallies the team. E- Eric immediately, it, it, this, within minutes of the absence of Hank, steps into the leadership role. And competently. Yeah. He's very, very competently. He's he, done it a few times. Yeah. So. He's rally, so he starts rallying the team and saying that, look, it doesn't matter what, what, it takes, we will find this Darkling and we will make him pay. And this is where DM Dungeon Master's like, as you wish, Cavalier. And then the team kind of get on the carriage with Martha and ride away. And as they're riding along, one of the, I think it's Sheila, or it might be Diana, turns to Martha and is like, whereabouts are we? And she's like, oh, we're halfway between Shalderon and Mindrel. At which point the team are like, uh? Mm-hmm. So wh- why ask? If you don't know, the, don't know where you're, it's... <laughs> Major landmark was, towns, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she was just going to say, like, we're on the trail of forgotten Evers. <laughs> Didn't because they pull out the one of their of, maps? Yeah. You know, like one of the maps that's just like <laughs> a picture. The yeah. obtuse. Yeah. Right, this mountain, yeah. <laughs> just a picture of a mountain with a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get a lot of just place names in this, right? Everything no. is the something of something, and it's all sorrow and dreadful. They don't and... sound like nice towns, like Mindrel. Mindrel. No. <laughs> Shalderon sounds like a fucking Pokemon. <laughs> Go, Shelderon! <laughs> Shelderon's evolving. 
I love that they just stop for a picnic. Yeah, so yeah, as nice. they're riding along, Martha just goes, it's lunch. Yeah, <laughs> she's stop. the new Hank, but it's lunchtime, is <laughs> that a bedtime? Yep. <laughs> so they stop and they start kind of getting out food and like picnic wares, like you say, from the back of yeah. her carriage. And I, be- I think it's, she- it's, it's Diana takes this opportunity to just rummage through this old woman's <laughs> belongings because as she she's looking for something, food, uh, she come, pulls out this picture, of this like old sapia photograph of a young girl and her, what appears to be her parents. And she's like, who are these? Who are they? Who are these? <laughs> who are they? And she's like, oh, that's who my, <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's my family. And the attire that these people are wearing is not that of the realm. It's that of like an 1800s, like front, yeah. you know, front uh, American family. family. Yeah. 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 You know, basically, um, little house. This is thing. when I. This is when I thought that the ghost, dark, the Dark Lord, was one of them, or mm. like something. It well, I just, just thought yeah. this is what for me made me think even more that she was a past ward of Dungeon Master brought back brought oh, from God. our world. Yeah, and she'd just been there for fucking time. Century. Yeah, because <laughs> like the 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 photo actually is very little house on the prairie. Yes. That's how I would describe Definitely. it. So the team they take they sit down and they start having dinner lunch rather and martha tells them that they don't they shouldn't go and find the darkling uh and what they should actually do is take refuge in mindrel because there's warm beds and warm beds and warm beds and she's really into beds uh, yeah. there's a lot to be said for a warm bed if all you have is a caravan yeah i or guess nothing in the case of the party mm. but the team are very insistent that no we're gonna find the darkling we're gonna rescue hank or at least make the darkling pay for taking hank one of the two uh, Eric says, Eric actually goes as far to say as we do not want to be safe. <laughs> like you speak for your fucking self, mate. I, I, I love that as a statement. It's just like, oh, you'll be safe in Mindrel. Eric's like, we don't want to be safe. <laughs> That's quite like, brave though. You know? Yeah, wanna, it is. I out. admire the sentiment, but the wording could probably use a bit of workshopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's, they're like, no, we've got to go and stop the Darkling. Uh, so Martha says, you, well, you should at least have food in a bed before you go and attempt the impossible. And she says that you can, you can go, we can go and sleep in Mindrel and you'll still have time to look for Eric, uh, Hank. And the team are like, what do you mean time? And she's like, well, the Darkling, he only appears every 33 years for three nights and takes one victim each night. And she says- This it's is been- absolutely the plot of Jeepers Creepers. Did you look this up to confirm? No, it's just, it's really Jesus stuck Creepers in my head. doesn't have he a plot, doesn't, Naomi. I'm sorry, okay, I said this, this last, the I premise, said this last time. The premise, <laughs> the, the elevator pitch. I've never seen Jeepers Creepers, Oh, so. it's terrible, don't Oh, you're joking, it's amazingly shit. <laughs> like, as in, you have to watch it because it's so bad. Um, so a brother and sister, a brother and sister driving th- home through isolated countryside for spring break encounter a flesh-eating creature in the midst of its ritualistic eating spree. Yeah, but there's something about it only appears. So you mean? Oh it's, no, it's, sorry. Okay, are you I'm confusing it with Eugene Tombs? No, <laughs> the creeper awakens on the 23rd spring for 23 days. So I, I was like a decade out, but. It's very close. I see. Uh, what, how how frequently did tombs wake up? Too frequently. That's no, because no, because it's like uh, every hun- like every sixty or hundred years. He's a bit, yeah, he's got a longer. Because uh, the only reason he comes up quickly is because they catch him before he goes into hibernation. Uh, it's X Files. Tombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah stretch. He's, yeah. Off, he's off livers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, getting way off topic. <laughs> it's like what 
what horror things exist where it happens so only seven years. <laughs> All of yeah, them. Exactly. In fact, I would say, it's oh, a trope. he has a 30-year hibernation. Tombs consumes the final liver he needs to begin his 30-year hibernation. Okay, so he's not yeah. far off. Nice. So Tombs yeah. is the darkness. Darkling. <laughs> Tombs is the dark. <laughs> what you mean is in the, the, the band. band. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in a thing called liver. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible nice. joke. Uh, but yes, anyway, like you were saying, someone does some quick maths and I think it's Diana because, you know, she's got an astronomer for a father, so maths. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, that's nearly a hundred victims. And Martha says, yes. And when he takes his 100th victim, he will destroy the realm with his winds of darkness. So Pretty serious then. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's serious enough that why is Dungeon Master only addressing this now, uh, you know, critical well, time? Well, he's not addressing it at all. Well, in no. fairness, he's well, explicitly like, been like, oh, I don't think you should get involved. I can Im- I can see why you you, you might put, it, put off dealing with it for maybe the first 100 or 200 years while you, you formulate a solid plan. You might not but, know. You know, well, we like, don't, this is not know, a... Why well, he it? must know. He we must know because he sent them that, to the Forest that, of Darkness and he's aware... He's exactly. Like, yeah, he sent them there, definitely. But yeah. we don't know that he didn't send 98 other people there <laughs> well, to this is true. fix it over the time and they just failed. <laughs> but why isn't Venger concerned about this? This is a challenge to his dominion. Because he serves evil, though, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I guess. He... We don't know what the winds of darkness actually entail for like people's yeah. day-to-day lives. Might be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just, my, it's just it's like some mild weather. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an amber weather alert. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just go about just your like, life, but you will need a torch. <laughs> I just like, I love the idea of like the darkling running around all these villages going, I'm in charge now and it's just a bit windy. And everyone's just like, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> okay, yeah, good for you. <laughs> Maybe that's why no one's done anything because they just know it's bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just like, yeah. all we have to do is like take 100 people as far as. In fairness, if one person came to you and was like, there's this thing, there's this monster, he appears every 100 years when he gets 100 victims, he's going to, you know, the world is going to be consumed. I've You'd seen, be like, yeah, okay, love. No, I've seen enough horror <laughs> films that I would take it seriously. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'll at least entertain you until I can get verification. <laughs> <laughs> How do you verify it? <laughs> you have you to allow the hundredth person to die. Yeah. No, I just go and wear, go and se- I go and send someone off to be taken. As soon as I'm seen, they're taken. I'm like, okay, yeah, verify. That would be the hundredth person. <laughs> no, but like, no, because they they've got he's no, Hank, Hank was the ninety eight. Ninety eight. So they've yeah. got they've got one more person they can send off. <laughs> they just got mm. a little bit of leeway there. Send Bobby. We only have to sacrifice one more person, then we we'll definitely know what's yeah. going on. Well, the team already know. They've seen Hank. It's fine. They actually do animal experimentation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to leave this goat so. tied to this tree. <laughs> the T-Rex approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Presto remembers something about Dungeon Master saying the light bearer would be able to destroy the darkness. Which again, you know, Dungeon Master is aware of this thing. Because he's aware of Martha. And Martha's yeah. sole Gift. purpose for being is to counterbalance the darkness. Anyway, the team then kind of head off, uh, head off and arrive at Mindrel, which is a very pastoral place. Like the team are kind of awed by how lovely mm. it seems. It was Disney's castle, isn't it? Yeah, well? it really is. There's been a lot of pastoral castles mm. in this. And uh, Martha then starts to be sus as fuck. She's like, you guys wait here. I need to head into this bustling metropolis and find us room because we all head in at once. We'll startle the townsfolk in this big fucking city. Yeah. I'm like, mm, 
this is where I started to get like shady vibes from Martha. I'm like, is she leaving them there to be attacked? I think she just wants yeah. to check the beds with, first, with, make sure with she's the thing the about one. her. No, but with the thing, <laughs> nice. Um, I like that's where your mind went, Naomi. I know. <laughs> now I know. It's my priority. Um, but it, it like paired up with what she said earlier, what the Dark Lord said earlier about her her providing him with the perfect. Well, like, no, this is where that comes up. This is where this happens. Yeah, now. Like, what's going on? She's leaving. Them, yeah, like so as she goes off and heads into Mindrel, she leaves her pet Tribble with Bobby, and she's like, "You look after this." Um, and meanwhile, the Darkling is watching all this play out and watching Martha leave. And this is where he makes the comment of, oh, Martha, you always find me the most perfect prey. Yeah. So I'm like... She's he, in on it. Well, it, it's weird because he was really bemoaning her arrival earlier and now he's like, oh, great, you've brought... Yeah, exactly. It's weird. So it's make weird your fucking is, mind up. What is the connection between them? Like, the villagers at the beginning... Scorned lover. ...act as if she's, like I said, a harbinger of his arrival. Mm. Even though in theory, none of them should have been alive the last time he showed up, mm. right? What, 33 years ago? Oh, no, yeah, okay. No, it's 100 victims and it's right. been going on for a thousand years. <laughs> but okay, so they're acting like she somehow heralds his arrival. Mm. He acts like she's an inconvenience, she, then he acts like she's some kind of... She's the silver surfer. Bait. <laughs> Definitely. Just, it's, it's a very tangled relationship and I don't I don't think it ever gets straightened out, to be honest. Mm. It does not get resolved. No, it yeah. doesn't. Well, it does. He She hugs him to death. <laughs> yeah, but that's not resolving a relationship. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it is in a sense. <laughs> so the Darkling attacks once Martha has left and Presto because Presto for some reason wanders away from the party like I don't I can't remember exactly why but he I just, think he's literally going to the toilet I okay. think he is like I need to go for a piss right <laughs> brilliant I mean it's got to happen sometime right so he wanders off and then is slowly as he's wandering through the Darkling's fog is kind of creeping around him and it's it, before he realizes he's enveloped and he's screaming for help. The team rush in but then are also surrounded by the fog and this is where we get more of the team just hitting fog. They've still yeah, not learned. <laughs> it's just like, smack it, smack it. At which point Martha returns and finds the team in trouble and feigns, oh no, but she that is so it, it kind of looks like she TPs because she at one point she's by the carriage, and the next thing she's walking out of a light portal right near the team, which is kind mm. of drives the fog back enough for them to kind of rally to her and hug around her. But the team uh, and her light and Martha are, are slowly enveloped by the fog, and we get like the ad break cut as it looks like they're going to be yeah. completely, completely taken by the fog. But her little triple critter doesn't make it. No, no. Which, like, if animals count as a legitimate sacrifice for this, why don't you just, just go and get animals? goats? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. done this yeah. a lot faster. So don't, she, even, don't even try and waft or hit you with a stick. <laughs> She's telling the Darkling to go elsewhere for his 99th victim. And he says that he spares no one. And this is where he's attacking and blocking out her light. And as we come back from the break, uh, the Darkling saying that... Uh, the Darkling uh, is kept at bay by her light. And the Darkling says that Martha will pay for this. And it seems out that Martha's paying for this because he's taken her triple. Which, in the grand scheme of things, is not that bad. Get another one. Just go, to the got, go to the pet shop. She's got nothing. She's got the triple, the caravan, and the rhinox. That, that caravan, like, we yeah. saw the back of that caravan. It was feel, full of stuff. How would you feel if an that, evil scarecrow stole one of the cats from you? Yeah, so I'd, be fi- I'd be fine. Could have been hundreds of years old. I'd be fine if it was Nara. It wouldn't be Nara though. No one would. Be <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he'd give her back. <laughs> yeah, be like no, no, I can't sleep. Like she Take won't it back. shut the fuck up. She keeps stealing my bacon. Yeah. So 
uh, Eric and Presto uh, turn to Martha and say, uh, they're like, hey, your power can beat the Darkling. And Martha's like, nope. No, it fucking can't. I'm out. <laughs> so this is like, she immediately just starts to wash her hand of the party. Um, she says that Dungeon Master said that she could stop the Darkling once before, and it all went to shit when she tried. We she never lost fi- her party, basically. Yeah, right? we never find out any more details on this, other than that it's, yeah. it's deeply scarred her. Uh, at which point Diana is like, fine. I put on my best gaslighting hat and get to work. She really lays it on the street. Don't you care about us, Martha? We don't you love us? <laughs> this is fair. They have la- now learned there is only one more victim. Like they've done that animal experiment. Yeah. The, the, the trip was gone. Like they know it just takes one more. You need to do everything. You mm. need all the psychological tricks in your book to get this woman to do her thing. Dungeon Master's lessons are finally sunk in. Yeah, exactly. They know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Martha tells them that the Darkling she at least tells them where the Darkling can be found in his grotto of darkness <laughs> I love it teenager's bedroom right yeah <laughs> or just like the no, anti-Santa yeah, grotto of darkness sits <laughs> yeah. in there listening to Fallout Boy and writing this is, poetry this, instead, instead of fog it's links or this is, uh, this, is where, listeners. this is where Danny Filth takes his kids at Christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Eric says that they're not giving up and this is when Dungeon Master appears and he's like, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Cavalier. Even though I was really against it earlier. Ten minutes ago. Yeah. Eric's shirty with him and rightly fucking so. And Bobby says that Dungeon Master said that only the light bearer can stop him. And Dungeon Master says, well, he pulls out an orb, which starts off an, an orb of light and then it turns it into an orb of darkness. And while he's saying this, he's saying that in darkness, there is also light, which is false. Darkness is the absence of light. Yeah. It's by like definition, relative, isn't it, basically? <laughs> yeah. No, by very definition, this is the absence yeah. of light. So next, basically you have the Eric going into kind of full leadership mode. Martha, they head off to the grotto and we cut to see Martha having a change of heart. She's kind of like, oh no, oh no, I should go after them. They're, but they're probably already dead. I don't know, maybe. And... Uh, she she turns turns the carriage around and chases after them and then we see that she's she's tired and is having trouble keeping up with them she's on a carriage <laughs> yeah. being drawn by a beast oh, of burden these, these bumps the these bumps yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she's within shouting distance of them but as she she's has saying a granny this. nap when the granny yeah. nap takes, takes <laughs> you you just got to go with it she's literally like a block away from them <laughs> and then just goes um sleep <laughs> Uh, we then cut to the team who have arrived at the Grotto of Darkness. And, uh, <laughs> Eric, Eric is bossing it. He's, yeah. He is in charge. Yeah, no, so he's like, right, here's the plan. It's a far more competent plan than anything Hank has ever laid he has out. tactics. So he's like, okay, me and Diana, we'll be the distraction. We'll draw out the Darkling from his grotto. As we're doing this, uh, Sheila will use your invisibility. You're going to find Hank. And... Presto and Bobby are back up. Yeah. He's got reserves and everything. Yeah. A mil- military operation. And so they charge in and the Darkling starts to summon his fog. And the team are kind of, they're, they're trying to execute their plan, but he kind of, his fog is just, it's, what's the word? Not omnipotent. What is it when you're, you are everywhere? Not Omnipresent. Omnipresent. Thank mm. you. It's basically surrounded the team and they're, they're, it puts a, a hard break in Eric's well- crafted plan 
At which point Martha just appears and offers herself to be the hundredth victim. It's like murder, she wrote. You ain't solving anything with this. <laughs> if he gets the hundredth victim, everyone's fucked anyway. You're buying them a few moments respite at best. The Darkling says that, no, I don't want you. I want another. Also a bum choice on his deci- his part. Just take whoever you can get, mate. The yeah. end goal is still the one same. More. Yeah, exactly. Is he a fussy eater? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't like old ladies. I imagine they're quite tough. <laughs> he prefers dark meat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Presto then uses his magic to start hoovering up the fog, but it, it, it has limited success, at which point Martha just approaches the Darkling with her light bearer light shining and just hugs him to get out of existence. She just kind of yeah. like smushes up against him and the light envelops him and... He blinks out of existence. <laughs> it's like the laziest Super Saiyan transformation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At which point then his his grotto just starts emitting like a purple light and the team rush in and like, oh no, we've got to find Hank. And they're kind of like shielding, shielding themselves against the blinding light as they rush in. And as the light dissipates, there's just the room full of his hundred victims. Some of whom <laughs> must have been there for a thousand, a thousand years. years. Yeah. Yeah mad they're gonna have to adjust to life in the modern age <laughs> the mod- which is no the different modern age of the middle ages <laughs> yeah, yeah we should point out that fashion hasn't changed in these thousand uh-huh. years because they, they're I w- all dressed the same i was what thinking about like oh gonna maybe about- they're gonna be like hey we bath once a month now i was th- gonna be like that's insane but like no we've invented buttons or belts <laughs> oh i just <laughs> you know what thought. i mean like there's so many things that happen in a thousand I've years just had a, i've just had a thought is the D realm the first age of magic of prismos <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, th- so maybe there was an age, of, another. Uh, anyway, yeah, there's this many is the ages. third age of magic or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, Eric thanks Martha for 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 defeating the Darkling, and uh, she uh, she thanks Eric in turn for his courage. She says his courage showed her the way. At which point, Dungeon Master appears and Martha apologizes to him. I'm like, no, never apologize to Dungeon Master. This dude is a dick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> the team are then just like, we kind of end on, on fading out. The, t- the team are like joking with Martha and Dungeon Master. And Eric asks, so what's our next lead home jokingly? And Dungeon Master says that he's heard of a, a magician that can send them home. I was like, yeah, you. <laughs> you are yeah, that magician. Exactly. <laughs> Which we, we have confirmed in what we come on to next. Also, before we go into the next episode, it's a weird one to end the series on. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it took took this long for me to clock that this is sponsored and created by the people who made D&D the game and they want people to play the game. But the entire plot of the whole series is let's fucking get out of here and stop playing this (laughs) fucking game. Like, it's not fun anymore. I want to leave. It's like, Mm. come on. Like, this is not a good sales pitch. (laughs) It's very much an... It, it it's Jumanji, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in Jumanji. Exactly. Yeah, if they wanted to, if it wanted to be a good sales pitch for Dungeons Dragons, they should be able to leave and come in, and it'd be amazing. Like Bucky O'Hare in the cupboard, like he goes yeah, into the cupboard yeah, yeah. to enter the realm, you know. Um, but yeah, that's it. Gary Gainax, Gygax, Gygax, yeah. Gainax is the um, the. Uh, Gynax anime sounds like an American no, Gynax uh, generic the- thrush cream. <laughs> Gainax is the uh, production studio that made Evangelion. Uh, wow. I mean, it does sound like either, <laughs> uh, or links spray for your privates. 
that's axe for our exactly in America. But Gynax is it's vagina a, no, safe. It's, it's axe here as well. Links link. It's only links in Australia and the UK. Everywhere else in the world is axe. And I'm going like to say actually, some of it yeah. smells quite nice. Sorry, some yeah. of it smells quite oh. nice. Really? Yeah. yeah. Not Africa. It be so successful no. if it didn't. Not Africa. Africa is Africa teenage boy. Like old man. Oh, no, it's the teenage boy. Old, like old man and teenage dark boy. chocolate and. I've got one that's my one is cookies and leather. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's it's actually quite nice. Yeah, we don't manly cooks. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like it's just yeah, it just is like yeah, it it is it is it's a, it's a, it, it, it and it is a very odd one to end the episode. I like I know they got cancelled kind of mid season or whatever, but like yeah. but you know you're going to get cancelled. Surely you you retcon something in. It just feels like a a, a non episode to end on. It's not got yeah, anything sure. poignant in the long term there. But I guess maybe they just didn't get the chance. I, do, I wonder. I assume they had other episodes. Well, that th- never got this animated. makes me this the fact that they had this um, script there for the final episode means they must have had other scripts available. I don't know, not necessarily because I guess if you always knew that was your endpoint, you could have written that script at any time, ready I guess, to go. And I guess. then you're just because you know you know that's your final destination. Everything in between, you can kind of. You, I, yeah. I'm going to say it now. Your final destination needed a bit of work. So coming on to the final episode, the unaired penned script for the final episode, what would have been the ultimate series finale for Dungeons and Dragons, or not, maybe. We'll discuss more at the end. Episode 28, Requiem. This is where I'm like, it needed more workshopping because we open up on the plane of dreams, which is a brooding place. And Dungeon Master is basically having a sit-down meeting with Avenger. He's paying him his child support or whatever, uh, or giving me his pocket money. Maybe he's still on allowance. And Avenger is just basically naysaying the the party, saying, your pupils are only brave because they know you have, they have you to fall back on. And Dungeon Master says that's not so. They've bested many, braved many dangers of the realm, so, which Avenger proposes a test of courage. The good old Jace approach. <laughs> Love it. Which it, we've not had a test of courage in this entire. No, there's been several tests, but not. not you, you should put a test of courage in your D and D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> you really should. It'd be great. Like, like it's something that I, I don't think I've ever encountered in a D and D campaign yet. It's just like because every dungeon, every D, every DM, like they only they only pass the test if they actually do it without thinking twice about it yeah like you know what i mean like the problem the problem to solve is is their own balls yeah (laughs) yeah. it's also because every dungeon master wants to be you know they don't want to be generic yeah it's an interesting premise as well because actually like parties are naturally suspicious of yeah possible traps and things and if that suspicion is actually not what? the reward, you know. Yeah. Like the reward is to not be suspicious. You get rewarded for not being suspicious, sorry. Yeah. It's a, it's a silly lesson to teach your party. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Because as <laughs> anyone knows... I've, I've been spending sessions teaching them that they're going to die at any time. Yeah. So, <laughs> to be like, hey, just chill in this dungeon and, and that's how you'll pass it. Yeah. A bit like... Oh. Well, I mean, just putting, you know, the typical... Like in the Jace trial where you've just got that girl in peril and you have to just go and save her. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, just something like that. It's something that that's yeah. you know on the it, uh, right. I, I will need dungeons soon, like proper dungeons in a bit. But what I was going to say is like old dungeon master, old dungeon masters who run campaigns try not to be generic. So I've never actually encountered any of the the generic things that you see in in like floor traps or whatever. yeah, yeah, and, floor, well, just yeah. just just things like you know a test of courage or the yeah. the the the. Uh, cursed treasure box or something like that yeah yeah 
Uh, anyway, this Venger has proposed a test of courage and he says that Dungeon Master must turn away from his team and they will pass the test if they find the key. But if they lose, they lose everything. Their weapons and their lives. Just to sweeten the pot, it's a wager, effectively, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is it. They're, they're having a bet. or they're, And Dungeon Master agrees to wager these kids' lives. He's just like, yeah, fine. Low stakes for Dungeon Master. Like, if, if the party lose, they die. But nothing happens to Dungeon Master. No, I just get new kids. Yeah. yeah. They're just down the bookies like they are every year, <laughs> bet, betting on the kids that Dungeon Master's brought in. I'd love to see uh, an edit of, is it Oliver Twist? And just in the place of the child catcher, edit in, no, it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang that's mm. the child catcher, isn't it? Edit yeah. in Dungeon Master of the child catcher. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be seamless. Yeah. <laughs> so Dungeon Master's agreed to this test and then we cut to the team on the moors which is like, as I mentioned before, this is the, the version that we saw uh, that me and Amy watched was an audio dramatization of a comic, effectively. So there's a lot of descriptive language in there. Instead of just seeing a biome, it, we, we're told what the biome is. And this is called the Moors, which it's just made me... forest. Yeah, and it made me, it made me laugh because as soon as you say the Moors, you get images of Kathy and Heathcliff, <laughs> right? And just old Victorian Gothic. But yes, it's clearly from the comic illustrations, a forest, and the team are battling a seven-headed Hydra, which Hank shoots the Hydra and momentarily ties its heads together with a laser arrow lasso bullshit thing, and it breaks free within a few seconds, and the Hydra grabs Eric, so Bobby then hits a tree, which goes timbering into the Hydra, and as the Hydra goes to dodge the tree, it drops Eric, uh, who then rolls out of the way of another attack. And he then makes an off-the-cuff comment of, why, Jesus Christ, this thing's got more heads than Tiamat. Which uh, is ironic, because that, that line doesn't happen in the animated one, because it only has three heads. <laughs> like, they couldn't be bothered to animate, animate seven, seven heads. heads. That's so a big ask. The animation in this, was it a fan-made animation? Yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. I but thought it's they... in the style of the comic, though. So, like the color and shading and like the artwork style. Oh, is so really close so, to the so Sheila's got epic boobage then. <laughs> no, actually. I think okay. Ca- no. So what they do is they use stock footage from old episodes of the characters moving. So if they ever run or walk or something, they ah, use okay. a previous episode of the actual main character. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, there was the, the picture that I posted into group chat of uh, it's it's from the scene where they're all dodging the Hydra and you see Sheila in the background and she's just, like, they've drawn her stacked. stacked yeah. For, yeah. I'm like, when did this happen? They've been here a lot, lot. Like, obviously, the party were going to be here for a few more years and develop some more. <laughs> anyway. <leveled> up. Yeah. <laughs> so, as... Eric's making this off-the-cuff mark of the Hydra having more heads than Tiamat. Diane's busy doing some acrobat shit and dodging and weaving through the heads. Uh, Surprisingly, she's not trying to ride it. Yeah, that was my <laughs> thought. I was like, ah, oh, she's going to mount the Hydra. But no, she rides dragons a bit later. Uh, the, the Hydra then has Presto, Sheila, and Uni like pinned up against a, a rock, like the, uh, the edge of a cliff face or something, or like a rock wall. Bobby tries to rescue them, but the Hydra grabs him by the club and picks him off the ground. Meanwhile, Eric's still kind of crawling through the mud, try, uh, trying to find his shield and dodging attacks, at which point Dungeon Master appears in front of Eric, uh, just kind of up on a, a rock uh, above him, just to let him know, just drive home the, the, the kind of, you are beneath me, 
the imagery. And the team all see him and they all call out to Dungeon Master to help for help. And he turns around and goes, you got yourselves into this mess? You can get yourselves out of it and just nobs fucks off. Doesn't <laughs> even it. give it's them not- a riddle. No riddles, exactly, because he only gives riddles when he's helping them. Yeah, this is just quoting. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this is just, I'm here to shit on your day. And I'm yeah. out. He's, he's anti-dad. <laughs> <laughs> the most negative superhero of all. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> Eric is shocked that he's deserted them. And I'm like, of all the people, surely Eric would be the one to motivate. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Of yeah, course, this would be one. This by now. Yeah. At which point, Hank then looses uh, three arrows at once uh, towards the Hydra, which don't actually hit the Hydra. One of them splinters off and hits the rock wall behind Sheila and Presto and Uni, which allows them to kind of escape from the Hydra pinning them against it. Which seems really dangerous because in the in in the they smash up against this wall and he's just blown it out from behind them like they'd be de- decimating well, rubble. As we learn later in this episode, Hank is not afraid to try and kill people. No, spoiler, definitely. Yeah, but the second arrow basically knocks Bobby free from the Hydra's mouth, and the final arrow just causes a blinding flash. It's like a flare that allows Diana to dodge past as they. And they all regroup together on the other side of the Hydra and get their weapons ready. And then we smash cut to them running through a, a marsh. And uh, as the group run through the marsh, Hank leads them through this marsh to a bog, which, we, as we've discussed in a previous episode, <laughs> cannot happen no. uh, because bogs and marshes are two very distinct terrains and they have very specific criteria. A You'd marsh, be different altitudes. <laughs> yeah, and a marsh has uh, inflow and outflow when a bog doesn't. So, but anyway, the, the the bog in this is kind of shorthand for very deep sinking mud because the team leg it towards this bog and then kind of fan out around the sides of the bog and the hydra's momentum in giving chase kind of uh, careens it into the bog and it basically sinks in the bog and dies. But I believe it was different in the animated one. Yeah, it was. It only had three heads and they basically stand with three of them between like, columns in a rock face almost and basically the hydra charges at all three people and jams his head into three narrow gullies effectively which, and can't pull his head out and then they just walk away which i remember is the same method that uh Whitaquick and arzon used to <laughs> yes. trap the dragon in <laughs> they did exactly yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that basically yeah i just want to cut in quickly and say that it's parthenogenesis that's oh, it. so close. I said something yeah. in Genesis. I knew it was something yeah. Isisis. Mm. I knew it was Nisisis. Anyway. We've learned something new today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Isis. <laughs> <laughs> so the team of the team have killed this Hydra and they turn around, they, they kind of regroup around the bog and then smash cut the on the sand flats at sunset. So this was midday in a bog to like few steps later, sand flats at sunset. Next biome. And like my next note was just in block caps, biomes. Like <laughs> yeah. fucking like, so many. It like even more than a usual episode, right? You basically like, must have just strips would, of biomes. Wouldn't yeah. this make the realm a really kind of like ecologically unstable place? I would assume. Oh yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like a huge patchwork. Like really it would have fucking no, like, the equator. Wildlife. But to be fair, it has got several suns and moons. So mm. like we have an equator because we've only mm. got one sun, right? So you've got several suns. You would have wetland and dry land all over the place. I mean, it'd be an unviable place to live, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But this place is magic. So. And it has seas. It has a sea. It, it must have mm-hmm. seas. 
It does, because mm-hmm. the signpost that they're next to, yes. one of the arrows points towards the Sea of Sorrow. <laughs> what was the other one? The other one is Flame Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we start to get our main crux of this episode. They look at the paths, and Eric goes to head east, down the eastern path, towards what we assume is Flame Mountain. But Hank wants to take the western road. And the reason Hank wants to take the western western road is because it heads downhill, so it should lead to water. But Eric's like, no, the eastern road is well-traveled, so it should lead to a city. And both valid Valid points. Yeah. Yeah. And at which point, Eric challenges Hank's leadership. Okay. Uh, Yeah. and Democratically. Yeah, he's like, let's take it to a vote. Let's see who's going to be the leader. And... Hank tries to kind of, like, the team is starting to all get a bit uppity, and Hank's trying to call them all to kind of order, I guess. He's like, look, we're not angry at each other. We all know we're angry at Dungeon Master for turning his back on us. (laughs) He literally says, let's go to bed and talk about it in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, He's playing his trump card. He's got them Pavlovian. He's got them in his hand. He tries it. Well, because Eric's really insistent that, no, we're going to take the West Road, and Hank concedes actually concedes to Eric he's mm. like hey mate if you want to take point fine you you do we'll head down that road you do you we'll head down that road but look first let's go to bed it's yeah. like I'm going to give you power but I'm going to show I still have control because when in, you wake in up the animated, I'm going to make you in the animated one it, it, it shows a shot of Hank, Hank's face with like you know Disney bad guy lighting in a way <laughs> looking sinister and then and then his fist just clenching like he's clearly <laughs> unimpressed with Eric getting getting his way in this so they they set up camp and they're sat around a campfire and Eric's kind of holding court for want of a better term and he's just he's he's, he's doing he's do, he's walking pacing up and down and ranting at the team he's like dungeon master isn't their friend this play this realm is a prison he's just another guard he is spitting truth bombs yes mm. yes he is like preach preach <laughs> and uh, Sheila then poses the question well if dungeon master is abandoned does who will help us? At which, point of vo- at which point a voice from the shadow says, I will help you. And Vendor appears mounted on Nightmare. Love it. At which point he turns the, because the, all the team go to draw their weapons and get on battle ready alert. And Venture's like, don't worry, my little enemies, I will not <laughs> harm you. What fucking shade. <laughs> it's great. It's just, it's just it's just such subtle shade. It's great, and then he just speaks the truth. Yes, <laughs> Dungeon Master Avenger just starts throwing shade on Dungeon Master. He says, "He says life is not the world is not this simple. Dungeon Master has always painted himself as good and me as evil, but things are not that straightforward. There are shades of grey in all this. I, Dungeon Master is not just pure good. I am not just pure evil." And there's like, a lot why, of do, why does why does his advice always lead you into battle mm. and not home? Yes, like, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. And Venger says that he will send them home. They're like, how, how could how do we know we can trust you? And he he kind of opens a, like a mini portal in the campfire to the and the team see that the party see the the fairground through this little portal. And Venger then tells them what you need to do is head south to the edge of the the realm's edge, uh, so they can see their dragon friends. And there they should find a cenotaph with an empty tomb where they will find a key. If they cast that key into the abyss, then they will be able to go home. And then bend your away. 
Venture into the darkness. Be gone. Yeah, he, um, he basically does a dungeon master, but without riddles. Mm. Yeah, literally telling them where to go, where to go, what to, to do, do. Things. Very Clear, explicit plain instructions. instructions. Yeah. Yeah. And at which point, Hank's response is to angrily shoot an arrow into the air. Just like no, nah! he took. I just really he point breaks. Yeah. <laughs> He's just ah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So. Hank says, Hank is just immediately like, no, we are not going to do, we're not going to work with Avenger. I'm like, bitch, you worked with him before. On two occasions, mm-hmm. at least. Against the Demo Dragon, and you brought him in to fight that other wizard that captured Uni and the Unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a precedent here, mate. You don't act so high and mighty. But anyway, Eric, Presto, and Sheila all start to kind of be like, hey, hey, hey now, hey now. Now, 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 let's not be so hasty. The Avenger can get us home. Don't care who gets us home. Just yeah. want to go home. Which I think is, is fair. completely reasonable at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Once you're uh, home, you're home as well, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And Hank and Diana are completely against it. Hank says that they should stick together. And Eric counters with, we've stuck together this far and it hasn't got us home. Mm. So the party splits. And as they're walking yeah. off, Sheila turns to Bobby and is like, are you going to come with us? She's like, no. He's like, no, I'm going to stay with Hank. I think this is a bad idea. So Sheila le- abandons her brother. Yeah. She's wow. like, well, fine. I'm, I'm kind of sick Imagine of you coming anyway. home from the fairground without your ch- child <laughs> Explaining sibling. Explaining this to your, your parents. parents your like, parents would be pissed. I'd just be like, he fell off the roller coaster. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's dead. I mean, and she is like, what, 14 or something? Yeah. 15, yeah. So maybe... All you do is say, the, like, it's probably about the right time. You just say there was a creepy looking clown and then he was gone. And everyone no, was just saying, Hank, Hank's with him. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. chose to stay with the older boy. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Just, no, just blame it on John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> or any of the other numerous serial killers that were operating in this era. Yeah, it's true. A serial it was serial killer at like prime time. Yeah. Anyway, so Eric, Presto, and Sheila all head off and. Bobby, Hank, and Diana stay behind. At this point, I'm going to call it Eric and Co. and Hank and Co. for shorthand. So Eric and Co. head off and they find the wreck of an old galleon that's probably been here for hundreds of years on the sand flats, back when this used to be an ocean, so even millennia potentially. And Eric gets Presto to work some magic and he basically makes the galleon fly. Like, bitch, why have you not done this shit sooner? They are high level, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, high level magician now, right? So... Also, he, he must have added some structural reinforcement to this galleon as well, because this shit would be ricked. They'd be turning to <laughs> dust by now. Anyway, they, they literally fly off on a galleon into the sunset, and Hank and Co. just watch them fly off from the campsite. At which point, a bronze dragon just swoops down out of nowhere and lands next to Hank. And Bobby immediately just goes to attack it, but Diana stops him and is like, no, it's a bronze dragon. It might help us, because reason been established. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe she just it, wants to mount it yeah. like all animals <laughs> I, I, I in my head whenever he was like she wants to mount it I'm just getting sexual connotation I spent too much time <laughs> Diana, on Diana Rule 34 <laughs> Diana always wants to ride it bareback <laughs> I spent too much time on Rule 34 yeah <laughs> so she just taps this dragon on the head with her which they do call a staff or stick not a fucking javelin now yeah and, saying, she's got a magic item this is the staff of animal handling yeah yeah and yeah, so she taps the dragon on its head and it bows and lets the lets Hank and Co. mount it. And they fly off and give chase after the galleon. Now, we cut to some time later and 
Dinah and Bobby have gone to sleep on the back of this dragon, which I'm like, while it's flying, which just seems unsafe. Mm, yeah, I would not be comfortable with it. Meanwhile, Hank is sat at the front doing his best Batman and just brooding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Diana wakes up and she's like, oh, you should get some rest. And he's like, no, no, I'm brooding. Even Diana's making a power play for Hank. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should get some sleep, Hank. <laughs> time for bed. Uh, and Hank poses a question to Diana. He's like, why do you think we were brought to the realm? And she says, I thought it was to defeat Venger. And Hank agrees, but he says, I'm starting to think that Venger was right about one thing and things aren't that simple. Uh, at which point, Bobby wakes up and he goes, hey, look at this. And the team are now flying over Mordor. It's just a range of active <laughs> <Totally>. volcanoes. <laughs> which, like, again, as a geological biome, volcanoes, mm. just as a biome. There's yeah. a lot of volcanoes in this realm. It's the edge of the world, though. That actually sort of makes sense. Yeah, I guess. The edge of the world being volcanic. Yeah, definitely. And my understanding is it's just an ice wall and beyond that is NASA. <laughs> <laughs> so the the dragon has managed to catch up with this the galleon and Eric and Co. And the galleon's kind of flying just above a river of lava and the, the, the dragon kind of pulls along, pulls not alongside it, but above it. And Hank shouts down to Eric saying, look, you've got to stop. And Eric's like, no, Hank, I told you, we're doing this. So Hank decides, okay, I'll murder you. Bombardment. He he literally shoots down, he shoots an, an arrow at Eric to try and force the galleon down while it's over a pit of lava. Just to point out as well, this is after the party split because Hank didn't want to go the same way as Eric. And as soon as Eric called his bluff and was like, right, we're going this way, Hank was like, we are going after them. Yeah, it's bullshit. But anyway, so he shoots down and Eric deflects the arrow with uh, his shield and it goes flinging off into a mountain and causes mass volcanic eruptions. Just like one mountain blows and it's just like a chain reaction of fucking volcanoes going off. So much so that the dragon is enveloped in like plumes of uh, volcanic ash and boulders flying everywhere and Diana has to get it to fly up and fly above the eruption. At uh, which point it basically looks like the gal- like Eric and Co on the galleon are dead because like how the fuck do they survive this on a rickety old galleon above a river of lava? It's not optimal flying conditions. Mm. So the um, the bronze dragon manages to land them on the other side of this volcanic pass, and uh, they it it lets them down and flies off. It's like job done. And Hank just like I'm sorry. I killed yeah. our friends. Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, <laughs> I, sorry, I killed your sister, but we still need to carry on to Realm's Edge. Um, <laughs> so I, they, they are now just going to the place Venger told them to go anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because well, uh, Hank was all like, no, they, they, never. Yeah, originally I assumed they went after them to stop them doing it. Yeah, like, but now he's like, completely. well, I guess we're just, going, just going to the Cenotaph now. They do they do imply that they can't go back because the lava's mm. there and everything. But yeah, he's, like Bobby's crying and shit mm. as well because he's yeah, just yeah, killed yeah, his yeah. sister. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Hank's like, oh, I'm sorry for murder. You yeah. can't just apologize for murder. These no, things, these it's, happen, not, it's not. It's not cricket. <laughs> it's just not cricket. <laughs> it's just not cricket. <laughs> it's the opposite <laughs> of cricket, I would argue. <laughs> and... <laughs> You've been sentenced to murder. How do you bleed? Uh, I'm sorry. Ah, okay, off you go then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see, I see you as long as you're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the Eric, uh, Hank and Co. do see the tower off in the distance. And uh, we then cut to Eric and Co. who have survived the crash. And Eric is thanking Presto for doing whatever magic he did to save them and uh, get them to safety. And Eric blames himself for the catastrophe because he thinks he's killed Hank. 
He's like, he thinks him saving himself from the shot that Hank aimed at him is it's, like, you know, I'm like, Eric, don't just he, abuse spouse. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So Eric then says, the least I can do is get you guys home. Let's head off to the cenotaph. We then cut to Venger and Dungeon Master, who are basically on to- top of the cenotaph, watching uh, the team approach and watching everything that's just happened, just having a chinwag, basically. And Venger's saying, Dungeon Master will lose this bet. And then uh, Venger then says that their desire to go home is stronger than their courage. But Dungeon Master counter says, no, is not. And they will do what has to be done. And then Dungeon Master and Venger are watching them arrive from two of... So basically, Eric and Co are on the low road. Hank and Co are on the high road. They can't see each other. So they're, they're both approaching the cenotaph and they think each other are dead. Venger then makes a comment that the sen- what's inside the cenotaph will test their courage. The team then kind of both come out of the pass at roughly the same time and reunite. And th- there's a moment where they're just all genuinely happy to see each other and kind of like all the 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 animosity of earlier is forgotten. <laughs> Attempted murder forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> well, you apologize. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but um, this doesn't last long because Eric's like, well, right, come on, let's head off into the cenotaph. And uh, Hank's like, no, no, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to stop you. And <laughs> Eric just turns to Preston and goes, do it. At which point Eric Presto loses a blast of magic which blows open the cenotaph doors and also in the same blast uh, envelops Hank and Co and stops them from following them for uh, like keeps them slows them it was, down uh, it was pretty ballsy of Eric to challenge Hank to murder him knowing that he's already tried to do it once in the past hour yeah <laughs> but he's got Presto now Presto is big ball in it like yeah. he is yeah. so this is this is three good spells in a row he made the ship fly when it crashed they implied that Presto saved them with magic as well mm. and Pre- now this as well Presto- in the animated one it's not this spell in the animated yeah. one Hank's Hank stands like spread eagle in front of the door to stop them <laughs> and presto just summons a golden giant yellow fist from his hand might want the door might down. want some lube yeah exactly <laughs> dives out especially if he's spread save, eagle save his ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah they they blast their way into the cenotaph they they keep hank and co at bay they proceed up, the, they head into the main room of the base of the cenotaph and there's just a stairway heading up so the the hang uh, eric and co head up a little bit later, as they're heading up the stairs, they hear some noise coming from behind them, and they turn to see Hank and Co. giving chase. And Hank comes up from behind them and draws an arrow, and Eric's like, don't do it. Uh, Hank, no, <laughs> Hank turns to Eric, don't do it, don't do it. And Eric's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop me? And Hank replies, I don't know, but I'm sure neither of us want to find out. <laughs> Which is basically, I'm going to kill I'm gonna you. I'm going to kill you. I'm gonna, I've, I've tried to do and it then, twice already. And then uh, he shoots him. Again. Uh, yeah. How sorry was he really? Not not, <laughs> not <very>. at all. <laughs> and the the hang uh the, the arrow is deflected and it hits into the floor and the rumbling summons this monster, which kind of starts out is described as like like an ooze coming out of the stairs, and then it takes the form of tentacles. They call but, it an amoeba, don't they? Yeah, they call it an amoeba, but it's not. It's just a tentacle. It's a hentai monster. Mm. Hank shoots the tentacles, but it absorbs an arrow. Then Presto goes to summon uh, like a, I guess it's a soul arrow, effectively. It's like yeah, a magical like orb. chromatic orb. Yeah, and it, that's absorbed by the, the, the tentacles, greedily, in fact. So it, it kind of insinuated that the monster is feeding on their pa- the power that they're shooting into it. 
Um, <laughs> Bobby then charges at the creature, and instead of smashing the the creature directly with the club, he does his usual Bobby special and smashes the floor. Which does I don't know at this point whether we've ever actually seen Bobby hit someone with his. No, club. we haven't. I don't think so. He's never. Hit, he's only ever hit terrain. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs glasses. It's very restrained for a barbarian. <laughs> I was going to say, I just, maybe he's he needs... a, a scenery barbarian. Mm-hmm. Maybe he that, just needs that's... subclass. Maybe he's just got real depth perception issues. <laughs> that could just be like a, um, a homebrew barbarian mm. class, actually. That you get, you get extra damage for like inanimate objects. And yeah, things. <laughs> the pacifist barbarian. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you can make a cra- <laughs> you can make a, a chasm open in the floor and things. Or well, I imagine yeah. if they'd had him and Jason the Wheeled Warriors. Yeah. They've cleaned it all up in like two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like plan one canyon plan two yeah. chasm <laughs> so the the side effect of Bobby burying this creature in rubble is that he's blocked the path down so that Hank concedes that they have no choice but to head up into the cenotaph's main antechamber uh, we cut then as the team are heading up the stairs we cut to the main room of the cenotaph and Vendra and Dungeon Master are stood uh, by the sarcophagus there and Dungeon Master says they are coming they're angry at each other but they are coming Dungeon Master then kind of in a sly way says, Venger, you will win this. Yeah. It's not that you'll win the winner. You'll be the winner. You'll not win the bet, but you'll be the winner. And we'll find out more on that in a bit. Uh, The team then arrive in the sanctum and of course DM and Venger have noped out and they're nowhere to be seen. And one of the walls of the antechamber is broken and the team go and look out of the wall and what they see is the abyss. And the abyss is just an infinite space uh, stars, but they also see the pillars that are propping up the realm. Flat Earth confirmed. Yes, it's a flat Earth. Uh, Except (laughs) it's it's a Ulysses flat Earth. Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Underneath underneath is Zeus and uh, Poseidon just being like, fucking Dungeon Master. (laughs) The team then start looking around the antechamber and Sheila finds a door with a keyhole and Presto finds a sarcophagus with a figure carved into it. Now the door with the keyhole in this in the comic is just a door with a keyhole. Yeah, it's crazy. In in the animated one, it's actually the credit title scene, Dungeon Mouth. That you know, where whenever yeah, they put like the, the episode name up, that's it's that, but with a wooden door in it, which I thought which is really cool. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. really nice yeah. like piece of imagery. Yeah, I wonder if it's actually because the fan made thing they could just reuse that stock bit of footage yeah possibly mm-hmm. yeah and they do just put like a hole in the middle of it and that's it <laughs> yeah and uh, meanwhile Presto's checking out the sarcophagus and he's a little bit kind of taken aback by what he finds because the Im- the image of the person carved onto the lid of this sarcophagus although he's lacking what they say the accoutrements of evil uh, the horn and the wings <laughs> the horn. <then>. yeah <laughs> it it's is Venger. Venger. it's yeah. it's it, yeah it's 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 Disney, Disney Prince Venger. It is. It, it, yeah. it is Gascoin Venger. Gascoin? Yeah. Gascoin? You mean Gaston? Gascoin. Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Gazza. It's Gazza. <laughs> yeah, it's Paul Gascoin. English, English football legend Paul Gascoin <laughs> on the coffin. <laughs> Wasn't he scout? What, what a twist. Yeah. I never saw that coming when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, it'd be fucking amazing, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's hot Venger. Um, <laughs> Implying the Venger isn't hot already. I mean, it depends if he's got <laughs> hair under that man. cowl. Because if, if, no, if there's no hair under that cowl, bald Avenger is not a good look. <laughs> so they, the team open the sarcophagus, which, of course, is empty, apart from just a simple bronze key. Eric grabs the key and just goes to try and toss it into the abyss, but Hank chases after him and stops and tackles him to the ground. Uh, Hank is adamant that trusting Avenger will not get them home. 
and then Hank and Eric get back to the feet and they're about to fight each other uh, with weapons raised when the tentacle monster comes back for round two. Eric still has the key and he goes to try and throw it in the abyss, but Hank stops him at the last moment. Diana gets trapped by the tentacle. Presto tries to use magic, but before he gets a chance to even utter the first words of his spell, he's grabbed by the tentacles. Then Hank and Eric are still fighting over the key and Hank's kind of now got his back to the hole in the wall facing the abyss or overlooking the abyss. Hank then says to Eric that he was right about the realm being a prison and it's also a prison for Venger and this is the key, the key to the realm. At which point Uni is grabbed by a tentacle. Everybody is grabbed by a tentacle. Sheila tries to use her hood and she turns invisible, but the tentacles can still sense her. So they just grab her as well. Which, upon Bobby seeing that Sheila and Uni have been grabbed, he loses it and does his usual smash the floor. And this this does have the, the desired effect and the tentacle does drop all the team that it's grabbed thus far. But the shockwave from his smash on the floor also trips Hank who stood at the edge of the abyss and he just falls out of the hole in the wall and falls into the abyss. So as far as we're aware at this point, Hank is just dead because Eric goes to look over the edge and doesn't see him. Obviously not looking hard enough. <laughs> he's, he doesn't really look down. I no, he just looks out. <laughs> he's like... Yeah. Well, he didn't float that way. So he's gone. <laughs> I should imagine Hank there going, Hi! Hi! Hi. Eric being like, Oh, it's so sad. No, you space, know, I can still space, hear no his voice. Hear you scream. <laughs> ah, that's true. It's a void. Mm-hmm. He's Hank's down there going all total recall. He's, he's <laughs> avoiding Hank. Ah, but um, Tish. Eric, Eric did try to try to grab him. Oh, you know, half asked it. Yeah. <laughs> Eric then is looking at the key in his hand and is thinking about throwing it into the abyss. At which point, Venger fucks up. So yeah. Venger appears and starts kind of like you know egging Eric on, like throw the key away, Cavalier. You'll get to go home. I I genuinely believe it's this Eric, this insistence from Venger that gives Eric pause for thought, and he has a change of heart and decides to use the key on the vault. At which point, Venger just starts hand blasting Eric. Yeah, as is his want. One last hand blast for all time's sake. <laughs> but as he's attacking Eric, this tentacles, you know, it, it has no allegiance to anyone, and it it grabs. Uh, this is hungry for magic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, gra- the hand blasts. it, it grabs, uh, it actually pins Venger by his hands. And Eric then gets to the lock and he puts the key in. He's like, Eric, Hank, you better be right about this. Venger just pulls his self free from the tentacle, but it's just a moment too late because the vault door opens and epic light just pours out from this vault. Like, one can assume that Inside this vault is just a billion LED torches. <laughs> or the lady from the previous episode. <laughs> it's just Martha. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eric, uh, so the, the light pulls out of this vault and the light makes the monster just instantly disappear. And Venger is engulfed by light. Light? Light. Light. Got light, mate. Got light. Uh, but yes, as Vendor is engulfed by this light, light is starting to shoot out from this thing and spreading across the realm. And the first thing, we see a portal open in front of a load of Vendor's slaves, and they go back home. So all like the, the little people that he's enslaved, the gnomes, the dwarves, the halflings, they're not from the realm. They're from a yeah. different place. Even like his orc guards mm, and yeah, the lizardmen. Yeah. The lizardmen go into like a red sun world. Yeah. A three sun world. Yeah, they go to which Prismos. Is if you're they a do go to Prismos. Yeah. They go to Prismos. <laughs> I bet they're in the anarchy zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that's the the anarchy zone is the gateway to the realm mm-hmm. that kind of yeah that but yeah the bollywogs the orcs they've all been summoned so as what we're led to infer here is that as dungeon master has been summoning summoning in his pupils from earth likewise venger has been just taking entire subspecies of, or species of people from other realms and putting them to work for him also, a giant ball of light hurtles to one of Venger's castles, and it just happens to be the one that Shadow Demon's in. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> Demon's like, oh shit, and just <laughs> flies out in time. Yeah, he just evacuates the castle as it is just decimated by this ball of light. We then come back to the team in the Cenotaph, who, who infer that they've kind of seen all this happening, watching out across the realm. They then rush to the edge of the the broken wall of the Cenotaph and look out to find Hank hanging on for dear life, and they pull him back up. Uh, when in when he's back up, they all turn to see Venger still engulfed by this light, but being transformed from the evil Venger to the hot Disney Venger on the sarcophagus. His horn explodes and everything, and like... Yeah, and he's a beautiful man. Indeed. And at this point, Hank makes a rather incongruous statement and says that their mission was never to defeat Venger, it was to redeem him. And I fundamentally disagree with this, because I don't think, like, if you were going to be redeemed, he's not redeemed, that's your journey, right? You redeem these nuts. Redeem yourself. You choose it, and you achieve that redemption yourself. Somebody cannot redeem you on your behalf. I want to counter this with the fact that Not he was under groups. the influence. He was under the influence of evil, and well, then stays vol- an intervention. But voluntarily, like, you know, yeah, he was voluntarily him. under the influence. Well, of evil. he was initially, but like just like everyone's like, I wonder what heroin's like, and then you know they're like, <laughs> before I you know it, like you've every been day. It's really nice. Years. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. So you know, <laughs> heroin like, strong recommendation. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, he has up. been <laughs> he has been Venger for a thousand years. He's yeah. enslaved a lot of people, and if you think about how long some of these races might live for, some of them potentially have been enslaved for, for centuries or exactly. he's just wholesale stolen entire races from other worlds. Well, and you okay, can't so just kind of hand wave that he's, and be like, oh, he didn't detoxed. really mean it though. So Exactly. Once he's been t- detoxed, he's like, actually, I, so, I, I, mean, I guess we, tea but, and Okay, uh, let's, let's put this into a different context. If Hitler suddenly grew his hair out, got a bit buff and changed his wardrobe attire to look a bit, basically got himself hot and said, I'm really sorry. Is that good enough? No, exactly. That's no, exactly no, what's exactly. happening. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not what's happening here. That's actually, he's no, under no. the influence. Of no, no, no. Actually, this would be like the Allied Hitler guy storming the, the bunker, storming the bunker, and Venger cha- Hitler changing <laughs> his outfit, and then them going, "We've redeemed no. him." No, no. Hitler no, is wearing no. a nice hat. Hitler, I trust Hitler, him Hitler, now. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler was the influence. He wasn't under the but influence we, or something. All we can infer is that Venger chose to go to this wizard to be his pupil and chose to lock his. Oh yeah, good qualities away in the vault. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's 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 very true. Yeah, like we all choose to have our first drink or something. It doesn't mean that if you <laughs> you're, if you're, you're al- comparing... an alcoholic who abuses people, I do know. If you're choosing to, to lock your good parts away, then you are choosing to be an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is a deep I, conversation. It's like I'm going to lock my sobriety away. Yeah, I, I think the bottom yeah. line for me is, in terms of a satisfying character arc, the character who is being redeemed but, should have sought that redemption themselves. I, I get, struggled for yes. it. Yeah, yeah I, get, yes. I guess, I, I also guess as well that Dungeon Master is generally the rule of law in this realm and it's his kid, so, you know, nepotism 101. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dungeon Master should have helped him, really. Mm. He shouldn't have had to he help did. himself. He did. He, he hired kids to kill him. He hired Thousands numerous kids. Years. <laughs> yeah. Into the meat grinder. 
Uh, yeah, so Venn just turned back to normal and he turns to Dungeon Master and says, Father, I have returned. At which point the kids all go, <gasps> Jump on on the uh, Dungeon Master then turns to the kid. He's, they're like, he's your son? And Dungeon Master's like, thank you for doing the one thing that I could not and returning my what, son to me. What? Uh, the one thing? There's so many things that you couldn't, couldn't, you couldn't do. do anything about the Darkling either. One yeah. of many things I chose not to do anything about. Venger then says, a thousand years ago, he chose to follow an evil master chose. and sealed all that was good inside the cenotaph. Uh, the dungeon, then dungeon master now said, gives the team a portal home and offers the <laughs> fucking prick. So this is where our versions start to differ. Prick T's dude is like, you can go home or you can stay here. There is, despite all the changes, there is still evil in the realm and still many more adventures to have. And the, our version ends with the team looking out from the cenotaph over the newly transformed realm. It's fluffy clouds, it's verdant greens. But despite all the changes, it is still the realm of dungeons and dragons. End. It's a, bu- it's a bullshit offer. If Venture's mm. not there, like, it's not really going to be. You know, like Dungeons and Dragons, in my opinion, always relies on a big, bad, evil yeah, or, or woman, whatever. Like, mm. it's just a, a some kind of threat that you can actually face. <laughs> can you not, not, not a bunch of small side quests. You know, can you what imagine I mean? like, just like, like, well, can you imagine running a campaign where the campaign is you go about your average daily life in the <laughs> yeah, realm. Exactly. you're just a blacksmith. <laughs> no, basically, he's offering them. You know, when you play computer games and and you finish the main storyline, but some people are achievement hunters. Yeah, that's basically being it. Are you achievement hunters, or yeah, do you want to go you, home? Yeah, and yeah. Call it I, sorry, I would be right. really into a campaign where you are like a magical being and. You're just going about your mundane. You basically want Dungeons and Dragons, but meets The Sims. That's just called dreaming. No, it's The Sims. It's called The Sims. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want. You want you want an RP version of this tabletop RP Sims. Extraordinary characters into really boring ordinary situations. Oh well, I will I will say the best example of that is Predator Loves Alien. Yes, exactly. Yeah, or No Heroics. Yeah. <laughs> they're just nice. like using their pyro powers to heat up microwave meals and stuff and like that for anyone that hasn't ever seen it Predator Loves Alien is a web comic strip where someone basically took toys of Predator and Alien and puts them in everyday household lives like they're a couple a flatmate like, yeah. it's, it's really yeah. great yeah so so yes this is this is where our versions diverge and basically what you've just described was actually penned by the original writers as a script for yep. an actual episode but it wasn't it was written before they knew the show was cancelled and yep. it was going to be like a cliffhanger and potentially open onto a next series in some way. I guess the party were going to stay, effectively. Yeah. But the episode I watched had some kind of fan tinkering at the end where they decided to try and actually put an end to some of the storylines and close some of the loops and stuff. Tie off and I think threads. the biggest surprise was that the party didn't all go home. Mm, yeah. But most of them did, except for Presto. Yeah, now, of all the people not to go home, presto, when it happened, I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But actually, it does make sense, doesn't it? Well, I, I think like it that. does. Yeah. What's, what, he's nothing in the real no. world. Yeah. We've he established goes, in this. Yeah. He's become a powerful Exactly. If he goes back to the real world, he well, has nothing. I mean, not, doesn't he, he say nothing, that, but he gives up amazing magic. Doesn't he say that he's going to study magic under, like, Venger? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so this is the thing, yeah. So he basically... When he's saying goodbye to everyone, he's basically like, well, Merlin here, and points at Venger with his thumb, promised to teach me magic, so I'm going to stay. And they all kind of laugh and hug him goodbye. Dungeon Master takes all their I guess it means we, we have a resolution for who's going to look after uni. Mm. Yes, exactly, because that's actually how it starts. Bobby's like, what's going to happen to uni? And Presto says, I'll look after her. And the party are like, oh! and he's like, yeah, I'm staying, etc. And we all know 
Uh, well, as the party are heading in, like one at a time, Bobby fishes a necklace out of his pocket, a heart-shaped necklace, and puts sure, it around his neck. Terry. Mm-hmm. His little girlfriend from the yeah, past yep. episode. Um, and everyone heads into the portal after saying their goodbyes. Uni goes to Presto. And the girl Presto, who dreamed of tomorrow. That was the episode. Mm. Exactly. So so this is it. And I think that's kind of valid too, because mm. Presto actually isn't really friends with anybody. He never actually talks to anyone in the party, really. No, he, no he's really mostly, talks to him. He's closely associated with Eric, really, isn't he? Like, yeah, you've kind I of mean, got this division uh, of, you know, Hank like and Sheila look after Bobby. Diana is more aligned with Hank. And then Eric and Presto are their own little yeah. subgroup. Yeah. Exactly. And even that's sort of a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so, yeah. like, And the one person he's built a connection with, as we know, is, yeah, the girl... From, from the uh, last the, illusion, episode mm-hmm. 19. The, the, the not-so-last illusion. <laughs> yes. The definitely um, not-last illusion. Mm-hmm. And basically... Avenger, Dungeon Master, and Presto TP to the village where she lives now, and she's down the hill from them. And Avenger slaps Presto on the back, making him kind of stumble and run down the hill a bit. And he's like, Avenger, new Avenger, is like the first lesson apprentice, apprentice, never keep a lady waiting. That's the most important rule of magic. As Presto yeah. runs, <laughs> runs to this girl. And then there's a slight after scene where you basically see the sign that was originally Merlin's sign that just says Presto's Castle and the arrows pointing up at the sky. I actually, That's, I really like I really that. like that, that wrap-up, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice. It's, it feels, so conceivable. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. In it feels all the really ways, yeah. internally consistent. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. It ties up some loose ends and involves characters from past episodes as well, which, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, no one else has a reason to stay, so mm. why would they? Yeah, totally. So that is Dungeons & Dragons, my friends. That has been the journey through the realm of Dungeons and Dragons and utter bullshit from Dungeon Master. Like, if yeah. your Dungeon Master was as cryptic as fucking Dun- in the natural campaign was as cryptic as Dungeon Master, you would quit. Yeah. Yeah. At the He's time. Like, fucking no. <laughs> like, when I was a kid, none of this came across at all. Like, I never no, thought about no. that at all. But it is such a... He's such a sinister bastard mm. like, yeah. the whole way through the whole yeah. thing. He would get on fucking famously with Merklin. <laughs> Yes, Actually, I think exactly. Merklin is a more decent... I mean, Merklin is very open about what Yeah, at least wants. he's straight up about, you know? like... Yeah, I'm There's no bullshit with Merklin. Yeah, I, like, I have given he's you these like, powers he, he and tells, I expect you yeah. to do stuff for me. Exactly. Yeah. He literally tells them it's a trade, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Dungeon Master's clearly been manipulating these Dungeon Master the keeps these time. kids wandering around for upwards of two years and yeah. never tells them... just training them. Yeah. Like, he might even be doing this just to, like, fatten them up. Exactly. He never tells them that their ultimate goal is to help his son become the fucking boring good guy. Yeah, rehab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> into rehab. Yeah. It's been two a two year long intervention. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was it's been a good series. Yeah, though, definitely. like it definitely really hold, it, like overall like, it holds up much better than I expected it to. Yeah. Like much I better think, than Jace. <laughs> <laughs> the boxes that I've got upstairs where the elastic's gone hold up better than Jace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um as much as I like Jace is fun to rewatch, to rewatch it critically is hard. It does suck the joy out. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. There was definitely still joy to be found in there. But that is the last of our long form cartoon series for a while. Um, yeah. Mark is going back to school. Exactly. Yeah. I've been <laughs> gone for four or five months or so. So, yeah. Very much a requiem for me as well. For yes. A bit. But I, I will return to be continued. Indeed. We, 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 we're lining up uh, a, a triumphant return with Bucky O'Hare. Mm hmm. Definitely. I I, and I loved Bucky O'Hare when yes. I was a kid as well. But Bucky O'Hare is. It, it, Bucky O'Hare, I know, stands the test of time. Just on music and some of the, in, some <laughs> of the jokes alone are fantastic. 
But in the interim, do not fret because we shall have plenty of content coming your way. We're going to be starting next episode. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be starting a, a long form thing, which is going to be interspersed in between other episodes. Not is not going to be every single week. It may be some consecutive weeks, but not every week. We're going to be doing some retro, retro wrestling reviews because we're retro here and we love wrestling. So, you know, we're going to be starting off with Bad Blood from WWF pay-per-view from 1997. Uh, The debut of Kane, the first ever Hell in a Cell match with uh, uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. (laughs) A really, really good pay-per-view overall. Mm. Uh, And then we'll be going to not a good pay-per-view with WCW Halloween Havoc from the same year. So we're going to be alternating between WWF and WCW pay-per-views. Interestingly, WWE now have just rebranded. They're no longer called pay-per-views because they're not pay-per-view. They're on the network or streaming. They're now called premium live events. Oh, fancy. I think they're still going to get called pay-per-views. Instead of PPV, (laughs) it's PLE. But yes, so that oh, is going to be roll off the tongue. Nah. Right? Yeah, that's not good. So that's that's going to be the next thing, and we're, we're going to be joined again by uh, Nat and Teagues, uh, who have joined us before for wrestling content. And um, yeah, uh, we're going to have some face-off stuff in between. Mark might come back for some odd episodes here and there, like a couple of face-off things we've been talking about. And yeah, so we've got we've got ideas, lots of ideas. In in with all that is going to be a, a, a revisit of Basil the Great Mouse Detective, uh, and I want to compare it to other Sherlock Holmes and spin type stuff because I think it's one of the best adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I genuinely believe it. That's you haven't read the Sherlock Holmes meets Lovecraft books. <laughs> oh god! But I still maintain it's probably better than Bendy Batch Cumberbund's Sherlock. Yes, I'd agree. Mm. That's not hard, though. No, no. But until next time, until we come back with more cartoons, or until, well, until next week, basically. Uh, But stay safe out there, adventurers. Lightning strikes. Actually, may the lightning strike forever. (laughs) (laughs) 